Roke, tell your fleet to stand down. Do it. Amethia, even you. <laughs> you romantic sap. Tell them to stop firing. Do it now. No. That's Mustang. She chose her fate. How many men did you send? How many did you send to the Pax to bring me back here? 15,000? How many are on those destroyers? I reverse the coolant float in the reactor. Just a nudge more on the output and it goes thermal. Tell them to cease fire, or every man you have on the Pax is forfeit. According to my conscience, I can give no such order. Then this is on both of us. Cyrus, tell the destroyers to take evasive. It's over, Roke. You moved your ships too close to the Pax. Your men, most of your fleet, lost. Why didn't you just use our guns? You could have crippled them. I'm saving these guns. They won't save you. The rest of my fleet has what's left of yours in flight. They will decimate the remainder and return here to take the Colossus back. Then we'll see how well you hold the bridge. Silly poet. Haven't you wondered where Severo is? Don't tell me you lost track of him in all of this. Watch the view screen. He's about to make his entry. I could not lure you into an asteroid field, so I brought one to you. Well played. The day is lost, but you can still save lives. Tell your fleet to stand down. You're in a corner, poet. There's no getting out. Time to do the right thing. I know it's been quite a while. <laughs> and destroy what's left of my honor? I think not. Honor? What honor do you think you have? We were your friends and you gave us up. To be put in boxes, tortured. We were your friends. I swore an oath to protect society, Victor. The same oath you both swore. To protect the civilization that brought order to man. Look upon what you've done instead. You don't live in a bedtime story, you whimpering little sod. Do you think any of them really care about you? Antonia? The Jackal? The Sovereign? <laughs> no, I have no such illusions. But it's not about them. It's not about me. Not every life is meant to be warm. Sometimes the cold is our duty. Even if it pulls us from those we love. Rogue, think of your men. How many more of them have to die? If you care so much for life, tell yours to stop firing. Tell them to fall in line and understand that life isn't free. It isn't without sacrifice. If all take what they want, how long before there's nothing left? Was she so lovely? Yes. She was like you. A dreamer. You, you, you don't have to die. I have lost the invincible armada. How can I go on? How can I bear this shame? I know shame. I watched my wife die. Then I killed myself. I let them hang me to end it all, to escape the pain. I've felt that guilt every day since. This is not the way out. My heart breaks for who you were. For the boy who watched his wife die. My heart broke in that garden. It breaks now knowing all you've suffered. But the only solace was my duty. And now that has been robbed from me. 
all the remittance I've attempted to make, gone. I love the society. I love my people. Can't you see that? I can. Don't you love yours? I cannot watch mine fade. I cannot watch it all burn. It won't. It will. Our age is ending. I feel the days shortening. The brief light dimming upon the kingdom of man. Roke. Let him do it, Darrow. He chose his fate. I am sorry for what happened, Victra. <laughs> Remember me fondly. I won't. I do not deserve these symbols of my rank as an Imperator. But I shall have glory by losing this day. More than you by vile conquest shall attain. Roke, just listen to me. This is not the end. This is the beginning. We can repair what's broken. The world's need broke our fubby. I need you. There is no place for me in your world. We were brothers, but I would kill you if only I had the power. Roke, be still. Night hangs upon mine eyes. Keep swimming, my friend. I am Roke R. Fabi of the Gens Fabi. My ancestors walked upon Red Mars, they fell upon Old Earth. I have lost the day, but I have not lost myself. I will not be a prisoner. I am the star in the night sky. I am the blade in the twilight. I am the god, the glory. I am the gold. or complex stories of how single unwed mothers struggle to find good role models for their children, all the while carrying the severed heads of elder statesmen, then this is the show for you. I'm your host, Bob. It's foot to face to fart box in here, so give me a snake bite to the chest and a bowl of Severo's soup, my howlers. Pull my feet and hum the theme to the facts of life in my ears while whispering, Bye, Felicia. But I'm not alone. Across the table from me, if you talk bad about his peanut butter bar, he'll shove his rifle so far up your fart hole, you'll look like a skinny troll of shish kebab. It's Luke. What? <laughs> All references from the book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did catch that, but hey, here we are. The, uh, the end of our second trilogy, episode 12. I uh, never, well, I hoped we'd get this far. I'm glad we're here. <laughs> yeah. At any rate, um, to my left, I thought of nothing for you today. Club. 
I'm a little disappointed. Sorry. <laughs> it continues to be that time of year, children. The winter wind is still blowing. The snow is still falling. Mr. Freeze, Captain Cold, Iceman, and Sub-Zero are currently playing a jolly game of two-hand touch in my backyard. <laughs> and if you want to know Uncle Klob's feelings about a certain big game at the beginning of February, cue up the taxi scene from The Big Lebowski. <laughs> Across the table from me, he's too young to remember how to get that string around the correct size washer and tug it just right to get the free plays in the arcade. <laughs> he's the blue beetle to my booster gold, the Mowgli to my blue. I really need to work on these references. <laughs> Neil, how are you, my young friend? Oh, I did like the booster gold reference in there. That was pretty good. Just the bare necessities, Which is, my friend. It's <laughs> funny that I always get the club intro because I actually have something for him today. Ooh, what? Because now I would like to point out, I said some mean things to a. I said some mean things to Bob about Clob the past week because I was angry with him <laughs> for not being done with the book yet. I was done with the book. <laughs> well, in defense, at the time, I said some mean things about you. I got you a little present, which is appropriate, wearing your jersey today. Oh, this is awesome. So what is being handed to Clob is... Lego Nordy from the Minnesota Wild. That's great. <laughs> oh that is awesome. And he's wearing a hockey. Minnesota Wild jersey today. <laughs> yes. Almost convenient timing like I planned it. Ooh. <laughs> Very oh, nice. I did not. <laughs> no, that's totally that was well, totally thank, plan. thank you, my own Padawan. <laughs> You're welcome. I know how much you love to use the word Padawan, so I thought it would be fitting today as well. <laughs> so we are here at the end of this trilogy, and man, uh, okay, so from the last trilogy we did, Luke, you had said the ending could make or break you. I'm excited to get into this and find out I'm what you, you think. <laughs> I'm totally gonna let you down. Oh no. Um, yeah, I, the way things are wrapped up, and, and really, I mean, we, we will get into it at the end. The, the fact that book four is already out yeah. does save this. Right. Um, but we'll we'll get to that at the end yeah, of this. We'll but hey, you know, before we get there, we should really just jump on into this. I'll get you a drink. I'll get you two a drink. All Probably right. We all meet up over by the fire. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan to me. Hey, honey, come over here. We don't serve there. Do you have any blue milk? Oh, what am I supposed to find in it? Oh my goodness! It's bigger on the inside. I want to go to coffee station. Power converters. Okay, okay, it's not a detonator. It's just a jammy dodger. What are the boys? Tavern talk. All right, we're, we're cozied up around the fire. So, Luke, tell me, how how's your nerd week or month? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Since these are not like monthly. Yeah, okay. Or a month and a half. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, try our best. <laughs> it's been a little uneventful, I'd say, mm. uh, nerd-wise. Um, the only <laughs> the only thing I, I was talking to you guys about this today. Um, I've been seeing a lot of ads for this new Netflix series called Altered Carbon. Mm, and yeah. that it, man, the, the ads got me. It looked super good. I sat down like, you know what? This is gonna be my little uh, Netflix treat for myself here. <laughs> I look it up. I go to hit play. Nothing happens. I'm like, what's going on? It, it's not out until February second. Oh, no. <laughs> it looks really good though. Some super good. It looks sci-fi. Um, yeah. Something about a dystopian future. I'm assuming. Always I don't good. know. Um, so that that is on my radar. Look look forward to that next month on episode thirteen of Dungeons and Dweebs. <laughs> um, the only other thing I I came across here was a tweet from Ryan Johnson. Oh, um, interesting. You know he'd been getting. I, I feel like he's been getting. So a Ryan lot of, Ryan Johnson oh, to the, set it up as the director <laughs> yeah, of sorry, the Last Jedi, right? The director of the Last Jedi. Um, he tweeted out this picture, and now this is from 
a 2010 book called The Path, The Jedi Path, a manual for students of the Force. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I, I know uh, what this know book what is. Yeah. yeah, they cranked out a lot of these. No, the specific picture. Yes, that he's uh, he about. sent he sent out a picture of the the Force ability doppelganger. Which oh. kind of explains what Luke was using at the end of Episode Eight. Oh, okay. Um, you know, just a little bit there. I there's been a lot of Episode Eight has brought up a lot of feelings. Yeah, for me it has with Star Wars. Yeah, and I don't know how much I really like Star Wars. You got like I really oh, wow. sat down and thought about it. I mean, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm named after it. I've watched it my entire life. Right. But now, like, really, when I sit down and think about it, like, I don't know what to think. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I hear you. I know I know what you're saying. I think especially with what's going on with these new movies, you have you have J.J. Uh, Abrams setting up his mystery box and Ryan Johnson having to come in after him and kind of just deal with the mess he left. Yeah, right. Um, the prequels were trash. Um, the acting in the, the original three was not the best. Right. So it's kind of, that's just kind of where I've been left. I've been watching a lot of these like list shows on YouTube like... It's- so mm-hmm. you're in a personal crisis yes, mode right yes. now with I'm Star Wars. A, a crisis. Yeah. Do you need well, to change your name? Well, I, w- I don't know if it's worth it. Oh. <laughs> well, it's affected me in some ways in that like I am the toy collector guy, and um, maybe I was looking for an out, but this was my cutoff point. I was like, yeah. I, I'm going to continue to collect the old stuff that I really like. None of the new stuff. I don't mm-hmm. care anymore about new ac- the wow. new action wow. figures. That, that's that big. Out. That's huge. It is kind of big for me. Hey, yeah, I'm cutting just it Just Star Wars or all in general? No, just Star Wars. Okay, as far as sure. Star Wars, I don't care about the action figures from the new movies. I mean, not to say that there won't be something I'll get here and there. Maybe this new Han Solo movie will come out and it'll be awesome. I doubt it. And I'll just have to have... I doubt it. I, I doubt it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read a headline on IGN uh, a couple weeks ago that said... Um, was it a teaser for a Han Solo movie comes out or plot synopsis for a Han Solo movie comes out? It's exactly what we thought it was going to be. Like, oh, no. So there's no surprises. Oh, but maybe that's good, though. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I, know. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I know there's tons of mixed feelings. There's some hurt feelings. There's some angry feelings in fandom out there right now. And, yeah, I'm just kind of – I agree with you, Luke. I'm kind of backing off at this point, kind of going, I, yeah, I need to reassess where my fandom is at. Too, or maybe readjust it because you know, like Marvel movies who are cranked out all the time. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be some you love, some that maybe aren't the greatest, and uh, mm-hmm. I guess just having to deal with that all the time. Like, hey, there's gonna be some Star Wars that come out that's not gonna be good. Maybe the next one will be great, and maybe. it's just gonna be a roller coaster. Star Wars. Out. I'm not in love with you. I'm just in love with the idea of you. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. But yeah. you know, that that's really all I got going on here. Uh, I'll pass it over to Clob. And I'm gonna have to pass it to Neil right away because I truthfully have nothing. Um, That's unless we, we want to, unless we've we got a big discussion, I, I we've got a big discussion coming. Unless you want guys want to talk Criminal Minds because I've been watching Criminal Minds a no, lot for no, whatever hard, reason. Hard why? Hard, <laughs> yeah. hard what reason? Just out of curiosity here. I mean. um, because it's been on. Because it's been on. It's 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 been on in in syndication in one of the times that I actually have available, and so you get to be. It happens to be what you get caught up, and you know I I let before. Before he evidently started kicking directors, I really liked oh. Thomas Gibson <laughs> as an actor. Um, but he, you know, he left it just right. so I'm I've, I've been in a lot of the murder mystery range outside of the podcast, right. getting away from the sci-fi a little bit just to kind of drop into everything. I'm also in my yearly reread of Gadsby, so right, that's right. really where my head is is 1920s. You know, Robert Redford, the whole the whole shooting match with that. 
but we're a sci-fi and fantasy podcast, <laughs> which I guess you could technically consider Gadsby a fantasy. Yeah, it's a fantasy. But, it's tavern uh, talk. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> anything's open in tavern. And besides, talk, yeah. some people have already skipped over this moment, so it's okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Anybody <laughs> had that new Mountain Dew punch? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> I have right now. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. All right, Neil. What have you been up to? Uh, I finished and went through Iron Gold. Within the first week, it came out. Ooh, that was painful for my own brain. But so should we? Well, should we save that to the end of the podcast for your our look ahead to see what you I think can, on that one? I can save moments, but I'll say it is on par in my mind with Golden Sun. Really, which was okay. my favorite of the trilogy. Okay, so Golden Sun is your favorite of the favorite. trilogy, yep. and, and it's, it's on, on par. par if okay, not better, yes. really. I, well, I just uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to linger on this, but Golden Sun least favorite of mine from the trilogy. I agree. Really? Wow. Wow. I won't say anything. So maybe... I mean, I mean, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. You can talk here. It's the same that, place. It just, it just worries me because, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that book mm. after the end of this one. And if yep. it's... I don't know. Golden Sun, too many twists and turns for me. But I will... See yeah, what my thoughts we, can, yeah, we can get, yes. get to those thoughts. Too many twisted. Never mind. Hang on. Oh, we okay. told we're you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're still in the tavern. Sorry. We're still in the tavern. Sorry, about that. Cozy around the fire. At the other time, I finished off The Emperor's Blades by mm. Brian Stavely. Yeah. Which is also a very nicely well done setup. Haven't read book two or three yet, but I'm sorry. I only finished on Saturday. Right. So do you recommend it? I do recommend the first one. Okay. I don't. I can't say anything about the rest of the trilogy, but I definitely recommend the first book. Right. Has some very great moments with some monk moments. Every now thinking about this, because I'm also starting with a different group of friends. Sorry that I have other groups of friends, you guys. What? Boo. Boo. But I started. That'll pass as you get older. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> starting tomorrow for us at the moment. Starting a new D and D campaign that they're playing in. And the mm. fact I'm DMing it, sitting there going, God, I wish I could play as a monk character now after reading this book. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I can't. <laughs> it wetted your whistle to be a, a Exactly, a monk. yeah. So that was messed up. And, yeah, it's been... A long time since we've done anything. Yeah, thinking about true, it. Yeah, true, true. So okay, I want to bring oh, out. I want to bring out really quick before I get to the age. The one thing that I wanted to throw out into this one, oh, while it's still fresh in my mind, is uh, I read Armada by Ernest Klein, the the person who wrote Ready Player One. It's kind of his follow up book, and um, it seems to. I didn't mind Armada, but it seems to me, and I I say this with trepidation because I never want to tick anybody off, especially authors, in case we never want to have them on. But it feels like Ernest Klein might be kind of a one trick pony, uh, where what he's what he did with Armada is exactly what he did with Ready Player One. You know that whole just it's just going to be eighties nostalgia just jammed back to back to back <laughs> in a book with uh, with uh, and what you said, Luke. I was I was thrown right to you. Uh, the book or the book was okay right up to the last chapter, and then mm-hmm. it's like everything resolves in this amazing dominoes falling. The whole house of cards just falls apart. I'm like, that's that's a horrible ending. This oh, is just like no. in a horrible way. Yeah, and I, it's almost like the uh, his editor was going, we need the final draft tomorrow. And oh, he so stayed you- up all night <laughs> and just jammed everything into the last chapter. Like every paper I wrote, I wrote in college. Yeah, yeah. It, that's <laughs> what it felt like this college paper. Yeah, it was it was really bad. Um, 
Uh, so I'm not going to recommend it, although I will say I enjoyed it and might revisit it at some point. Again, because of the nostalgia trip, I thought it was fun. Okay. But, but uh, I, I wouldn't, I don't know, Ernest, come out with something slightly different than what you're doing. I love the 80s stuff, but he needs to have more story, more meat on those bones a little bit. Yeah, you can't uh, yeah. just rely on the crutch that is references. Yeah, yeah. Like, if we wrote a book, it was just like, okay, so it starts out, a kid's sitting in a diner, he's listening to Bon Jovi, yeah. uh, and he's playing with a Star Wars action figure, and he's like, uh, you know, I it just doesn't doesn't work. No. But okay, so on to what we were we were getting into, uh, Neil. Um, yeah, we had put out about the age of a character and what we thought about protagonists. I had uh, made up a few more of those, thrown them out onto some sci-fi podcasts. I oh, read some of those. Holy <laughs> cow, did it blow up! And I I feel bad because I put it out through my own Facebook, not through Dungeons and Dweebs, and so we were, were not able to track it. If you go to our Facebook, it's not being tracked through there, unfortunately. But man, we had hundreds of replies on on the three sites maybe we that can I find a way let, let's take a look after this maybe, maybe, I, maybe I can share your post onto the Dungeons and Dweebs there you go and Facebook page yeah and then then you can look through them and really from there our Twitter friends sorry you gotta go to Facebook for this one <laughs> well so so that every put a link anybody who came to start listening to the podcast because of uh, reading one of these things I put a again hi friends re, yeah hi friends we did this thing said too young you know as a protagonist too young and I did it in a sci-fi style and put up a bunch of sci-fi pictures now I got some flack for the pictures I chose I chose Luke Skywalker I chose Wesley Crusher where they're like he's not a protagonist I'm like well I know I I very I very quickly chose just a bunch of protagonists jam their pictures onto a thing just to try to attract yeah. people you know I, it, it really and apparently it worked it, yeah. apparently it worked I feel like Wesley Crusher that's a good one to use to attract people because I feel like he's very uh, yeah if you're gonna go on a sci-fi yes. uh, Facebook page you put Wesley Crusher and Luke Skywalker yeah. onto, uh, <laughs> along with a few others to try to get some cred and yeah if people have opinions all of a sudden Mm. But um, there's too many numerous things to uh, to to read. But if we can get that link going, that'd be awesome because people need to read what some <coughs> people said. But it got heated for a while. But just pulling out a few, I told them I would uh, on on Facebook. A guy named William. Uh, so age of characters, protagonist. Does it bother you? And he says, Well, it depends on the genre, the aim of the fiction. Anime and manga tends to be a fun, absurd, lulzy mess story, character-wise. I, I, uh, yeah, that, that's a very yeah, good breakdown. Of yeah, that. I tend to place world-building and how things mesh together on the same or even a greater level as story and characters. And and he goes on. I mean, he went on, like, on and on and on. His post is huge. Mm. But, um, and it was, it was yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I kind of agree with that. Uh, the world, how you build the world... Uh, I think is really kind of a oh definitely a major deal in accepting whether or not a young protagonist works or not. Brandon on Facebook uh, says, "In Game of Thrones, Arya is written perfectly. She has strengths and weaknesses, but they are all overshadowed by her age. Her whole life is dictated by the whims of others. Whether she is at the Red Keep or traveling with the Hound, she is never in control. What makes Arya special is the fact that she understands this." Mm-hmm. So yeah, what do you, I mean? What do you guys think about this? Because this goes to what I, I like. I I like reading young protagonists if it's done in that way, right? Where they they're young and they're they're in some ways they can't change everything in their world, you know? Yeah, and I, I really um, the I, I haven't read Game of Thrones. I really like Arya in the show. Yeah, um, the way she's portrayed there and. 
I don't really, prior to this podcast, I didn't really read a lot. Right. So, I mean, this is kind of, I guess it's kind of like my stance in this podcast, the, the non-reader. <laughs> um, right. For now, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, it's, it's quickly fading. Quickly fading, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I really hadn't read anything with young protagonists since I was young. Right. Um, back then. I, and I feel like, you know, because of that, that does have its place. But, you know, being an adult, I find it hard, I would imagine I would find it hard to relate to something like that. Right. Like, even with, uh, just speaking with uh, TV shows, um, there are a lot of younger protagonists, and I can I can I can name any. I just I, you're picturing off, them, but you can't. Yeah, off, off the top of my head, you know, if it, where, where they are too young and their struggles that they're going through are just unrelatable to me. Right. Right. Well, and I think too, any piece of good fiction is going to make you want to be the protagonist. Right. And make you want to you know step yourself into the protagonist's shoes, especially something like this that's really written in the first person. Yeah, true. Where we're looking through Darrow's eyes for most of the book. Right. And if you can't, if it's written so that you can still relate to it, then I don't think the age matters. Unfortunately, what happens is when you have a lot of times a younger protagonist, it's written to where it's not relatable to an they older. They become person. almost godlike in some ways, and it becomes or or, or too childlike. Or too childlike. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, just reading one more. I wanted to get in here. Dan says, "Oh man, guys, I am so glad you brought this up." I have been going back and forth on this for a while. On one hand, and I think he's referencing the actual book I used the picture from, you have this young royal, they hire a personal tutor to teach him to read and write and critical thinking skills, etc. He has access to food and water whenever he wants it, and he's trained every day by elites in the kingdom. He's running around with people who have been scavenging their whole lives on the road with the harsh elements, eating jerky rations. On the other hand, it's tough to imagine as highly educated and well-fed adults that a 13-year-old could get the better of you. I hope that made sense. I'm typing this while, while I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> I picture him kind of like quietly under a table, like I'm typing. Or like, like, that, or like pe- peeking up over the uh, cubicle every now and then. Popping up like a meerkat. <laughs> <laughs> Going back down. Uh, but yeah, uh, again, it all comes back to how you do a character. So I wanted to reference, and this will bring it into then the other conversation I wanted to briefly have. I've been reading a book by Jay Kristoff called Never Night. And I'll tell you, I'm a sucker. If I see a, a, a novel a cover that's attractive to me, yeah. I'll just pick it up. And I How uh, dare you judge a book by its cover? I do <laughs> judge a book by its cover. Is there an old saying? Yeah, there is an old Which is BS, because we're human beings and we're oh, yeah. constantly judging it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's true. Yeah. Hashtag marketing. Yeah. Well, of course we're, we're going to judge a book by its cover. Um, but it's called Nevernight, and I did not know it when I got it. I just read the Amazon description, and it's about a 16-year-old girl who's an assassin and, and everything like that. Um, I did not know that he's uh, considered a young adult author. So I get it home, and I start reading it, and I mean, this is... Right off the bat, it does this really interesting interplay where you're in two parts of the two time periods in the character's life one when she is an assassin and one when she's having sex for the first time. You could almost say a juxtaposition. A juxtaposition of these two times. (laughs) And he goes back and forth between these two times of her first killing and her first time in a very odd way, but it's very intriguing. Uh, But the rest of the book is very dark and uh, I mean the use of language is pervasive and violence and everything else and I was shocked to find out that this book is on like young adult reader websites mm-hmm. and stuff which then made me have to like go in to start reading researching like what is young adult 
And so I guess I wanted to bring that up for for conversation. We are currently reading a book series that, in some ways, is being labeled young yeah. adult. Well, and I think and, and what what exactly is this? What is this phenomenon of young adult, and what do we think about young y- adult and its labeling? Because this is not a young adult book yet; it's being labeled as it. young adult is whatever the marketers think they can sell. That's Hunger, what I've been Hunger Games was big. Hunger Games is young adult. Yeah, Hunger Games was franchise. big. Harry Potter was big. There's been other series that have come out that have rolled and made a lot of money. So if you can tack your name onto that, there trying to sell books. Right. Realistically, young adult right now has become anything that has a young protagonist or has younger characters right. in it. For crying out loud, if Lord of the Flies came out now, it would probably be considered a young it, adult it would be. novel. In fact, I did a little bit of research on this. In fact, there was nothing considered young adult until The Outsiders came out yes. in the 60s, right? Did it come out in That's the 60s? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Until Hayden. yeah, and so that came out, and because it was like young teenager characters but were dealing with very kind of adult, it was written in a crasser way than what young adult yes. books are you know, considered young adult books were at the time. So then they kind of came up with this labeling of young adult. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean, things from, you know, uh, Treasure Island would probably be rated some sort of young adult or teen, perhaps, uh, a lot of the classics. But they weren't. They were adult books that just happened to be able to skew well, to a younger audience. Exactly. And as, as, I've mentioned, I, as I've mentioned numerous times on here, I have a 10-year-old. Yeah. And I have a 10-year-old who loves to read. And loves right. to, and he's like me, where he loves to read series, and he loves to read a lot of the sci-fi and the fiction, and so I have to. I found that I have to be very careful about right. what I what is considered young adult or what is considered, uh, you know, young, t- you know, preteen, teen reading, right? By the stores and by the marketing, because there's some stuff out there that falls into that category that I would never give oh, in a million gosh. years. I, yeah, I can't. I can't believe it. it. Yeah, in fact, I would. I would love Pierce Brown if you're listening. If uh, Jay Kristoff, if, if he's listening, I would kind of like to know, beyond maybe that it's a, something the marketer or the publisher pushes you into, because I'm looking at Jay Kristoff. I mean, he is an older guy. He's married. He's got kids. He's He looks pretty cool. He's got tattoos mm-hmm. and stuff. Boy, I would not want this cool, bloody, violent book that, that I'm reading here, Nevernight, to be labeled young adult. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would be like, I just wrote a book for adults and if kids like it well great like I listened to an interview with him and he kind of pawned it off as being well when I was a kid I read uh, Stephen King and I learned a lot of stuff from there and everything else but Stephen King was an adult novel you know I I don't understand sometimes it, it now feels like young adult is just an arbitrary Thing slapped marketing, on marketing slap yeah. on it. I mean, well, it, it, it seems to mean nothing. It's really, it, it, it's, it really means nothing. Just like realistically, PG thirteen doesn't mean anything. Right. But I would say, in some ways, it hampers it because I have kind of a, you know, young adult. I'm more resistant to. Yeah. Because I always carried the assumption that young adult would, in some ways, that they were looking at marketing it because it had, you know, maybe a simpler. Language yeah, it's like 12, 12 to 17. 12 to 17. You know, like, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to connect mm. with this necessarily, regardless of storyline. You know, although Harry Potter and some of those I really liked, right? And I'd go there anyway. But, um, I mean, for crying out loud, the Dragonlance books that we just mm-hmm. read would be considered young adult if they would have Yeah, come and even, even then, you know, when you talk about the, the quote-unquote reading level of the books, um, Dragonlance taught me no new words. Uh, <laughs> right. I have, there have been, I, I want to say... Correct, uh, and there's a vast difference between categorization and reading level mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay okay reading True. level is just it just goes by the lexicon of words 
and okay. and how difficult the words are, how big the actual words are, has nothing to do with the storyline. Okay, English major. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 and, and I think that's really what this is coming down. Like, young adult is like some sort of like I would, well, you can't even like a, a pseudo genre that doesn't yeah. actually exist. That, yeah, but it feels like. But then what's weird though is then so in a bookshelf, uh, the young adult sometimes will have its own bookshelf in a store. Mm-hmm. Something. So I mean. I w- these are things that people like me would miss, right? I, when I was a kid, I didn't care, and I went to the library, I didn't go to the young adult section. I don't even think they had one they didn't when know. we were a kid, right? I mean, I or, just, or the young adult section when we were a kid really was like Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, yeah, right, and that, that kind of stuff. stuff. So I would go to the adult <laughs> sci-fi okay, okay, and fantasy. Guys, the, and the Hardy Boys were two brothers I, who I solved stop it. Stop now because I have all the first 58 at my parents' house. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, was, that, that was Matt. <laughs> that was Matt and Jeff. They were the tag team champions. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> they yes. just returned in the past year. Did they? Oh, cool. They did. Actually, I stopped watching wrestling. That's but a I, joke. I know who the Hardy Boys <laughs> but I would go to the, the bookshelves and just pull off what I thought looked cool. In fact, I brought this conversation up to some uh, s- some younger kids uh, you know, in that age demographic, some 16-year-olds. And that's what one of them said. I just grab what I, again, judging a book by its cover, mm-hmm. but I grab what I think looks cool regardless of whether it's young adult or not. I think marketers might be slightly... Uh, fooling themselves that because it says YA that they're somehow actually reaching a demographic. When I think even kids are just kind of picking what they think looks cool. So in that sense, book cover designers, the illustrators, you guys are doing a great job. I, th- I, I think so. They're doing a great job yeah. Yeah. a lot of these spots even despite that. That, that being that. said, there is cover designs that mm. instantly scream young adult to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you go through, and I, I think about going to, like, kind of the scholastic book fairs, you know, I look at a book cover and I go, well, that looks young adult. Red Rising never looked young adult No, to me. I would say anything that has, like, you know, a design of the characters yeah. on it in some sort of, you know action-packed manner <laughs> right? would scream young adult to me. Yep. It was Neil some e- of the way they letter things, yeah, uh, some Neil of the fonts e- that are used tend to look more young adult to Definitely. me. On it. Okay, Neil's looking up the. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking here because you know, it is the whole, the whole thing back at Red Rising was yeah. well, it's very Hunger Games based. And I'm sitting here looking at the covers. Yep, the covers and are kind you of. Know, you know, are, I, I, I hate it. I, it's it's gold, red, blue instead of red, gold, blue. I, w- yeah, I would, I would, I would never, yeah. I would never want to dig. I would never want to dig too deep into it. But yeah, just, I mean, yeah. even the cover design uh, from between Red Rising series and Mockingjay. Very, very similar style. Uh, that stripped down. We're just going to put one kind of thing. Uh, and would you would you say earlier, Neil, that you, you would label it long, long, long adult, long young, young, young adult, if you were hoping to like make a movie out of it? Yeah, and but that's I, a I lot of it. It's a lot of nowadays. In now. nowadays, yeah, nowadays, I feel yes, that there yeah. might be a backlash to that though. Whereas the young adult market may be hot, but at the same time, I feel like with some people, myself included, anyway, that there's not the credibility then with young adult. That a lot of people see it, with the exception of a few yeah. that yeah, it's almost pump their it's way almost up. A, uh, it's a lesser. Yeah, it's a yeah. hurdle. It's like yeah. a lesser fiction, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, look at all the failed movie franchises. Which it might, maybe it shouldn't recently. be, but I feel like that's what it's going to get. Why is there a third? Well, and I'm just looking. I'm just looking up here, and if just going by Google's genres, yeah, I just looked up two of the series that you know, a series that I've read and actually really like. And again, uh-huh. going back to that age of the protagonist thing. Right. If it's written well, I don't have any problem with it. Just like as a pushing forty-something-year-old dude. Yeah. <laughs> 
Dude. If it's written well and it's a female protagonist, I don't have a problem with it and I can relate as long as it's written well. So one of the things I wanted to look at is I went uh, back to a female-led series that I actually really like and it's kind of my guilty pleasure. Uh, They're called the Mercedes Thompson novels by Patricia Briggs. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to read those. I know what you're talking about. It's it's, based solely on the covers. Yes, yes. (laughs) The covers are great. Bob, sorry. But if you go into the category of of just straight fantasy fiction, The Patricia Briggs, Mercedes Thompson novels come up. And Land of Stories, which is a children, which is a a young adult slash children's science fiction series, wow, comes up as well. They both come. I, I I've read both of them because I've read Land of Stories with my. I've They're Land not of even close. La, no, no, Land of Stories is like my god, my my grandmother is the Tooth Fairy, or no, <laughs> okay. it's my grandmother is Cinderella's godmother. Okay, so very kind of Grimm's <laughs> fairy tale, simplistic. Yeah, v- b- no, very Disney fairy. Disney tale. fairy tale. Okay. Whereas whereas Nightbroken. There's, or, you know, the Mercedes Thompson novels. There's sex. There's a whole bunch of death and blood, and people get torn apart. And so, you really have to be careful. Just like you really have to be careful yeah. picking your PG-13 movies. If yeah, you're a kid. yeah. There's such a wide. You know, if you're looking at that range. as well, because no. if you remember Bob, when you and I were kids, PG-13 didn't exist. Yeah, right. That came in with Indiana Jones and the uh, Temple of Doom is the okay. first PG-13. Oh, yeah, no idea. Yeah, wow. just just because. You know, just because of stuff like that, where it was either, you know, it was either adult or it was kid friendly. Right, exactly. Because I remember getting PG movies that had nudity in them. Ooh, yes, right. No. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> and I forget about that now. Parental sometimes. guidance. Yeah, yeah, you need to guide this part. So uh, interesting. So, uh, any other final thoughts on that? No, no I, I think that's good. Well I think, again, this. our consensus right. here yeah. is that if it's written well, it's fine. There's no problem. Exactly. But it's got to be, it's got to be, in order to be in a certain genre or in order to be able to be relatable to a larger audience or an older audience, right? it has to be written correctly so that it is relatable. Right. I, I, and I'm almost of the feeling that uh, young adults should just almost be done away. With yeah. as a, if you're going to put stuff like this book, Nevernight in, that, that references the F word and the C word mm-hmm. a bunch of times. Young adult no longer exists as a genre. That is yeah. not a young adult novel. And if you're putting that, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I guess I really can't speak to it um, just, you know, based off the limited amount of books I've read. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't put the book trilogy, Red Rising, anywhere near no. the fran- or movie franchise, Hunger Games. Yeah. Because I feel like that's totally different in what's going on. And yeah. now, well, and now in the fact that there is the movie, right, the movie is being marketed and is right. being uh, looked, at, for, looked at for doing it. God, I hope that they don't go, the, I hope they don't <sighs> yeah. go the kitty route with it. Because yeah. if, they, if they do, it's totally going to kill. It's, yeah. it's like, totally like, going to kill the story. Yeah, if Pierce, if you have any kind of pull, yeah, if this gets marketed as a Maze Runner or uh, those kind of in between, this movie's dead in the water. Yeah. Which uh, actually, it is dead in the which water. Which actually, that is a perfect example because I really liked the Maze Runner books uh-huh. and I thought that they were very relatable. Yeah. The movies suck. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, right. I, I didn't mind the first one, but the second one, I'm like, oh, well, this is yep. this is done. Yep. <laughs> like, I, I, yep. the, the movie ended, I'm like, okay. They take so much of, they really take so much of a lot of the adult interaction right. and a lot of the adult themes that are within the book even though it's younger even though it's right. younger characters they take him out of the movies which totally kills the whole right, point of the right. book but they would have to be so careful with marketing red rising because honestly that 40 year and older old guard sci-fi fantasy lovers i mean if if they get any even a taste that this would be a movie that was like in some ways young adult or close to hunger games 
I feel like they will stay away until word of mouth gets around, and by that time it'll be hitting Blu-ray. Well, <laughs> exactly. And instead of and instead and it'll of the, kill it, it'll and, kill this franchise. And instead of the Fifth Element or something, you know, that is more adult-based, you're going to get Valerian and the Planet of a Thousand Worlds. Uh, yeah, which oh, there was we go. Ju- again, just a horrible interpretation of a great comic. Right. <laughs> uh, right. Was it really? I just, the, the only thing that made me want to see it was that uh, I don't even, I can't even remember her name that that blonde chick with the eyebrows who's in the movie. Blonde with the eyebrows. Devlin Kurt. Oh yeah, so uh, 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 I do want to see. I'm a big it. fan of her face. It's it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful movie. It looks good. Visually, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. But there's so many lost plot points, and there's so many there's so much stuff that they could have done with it. Right. That or and there's so much stuff that they included that didn't have to be there. Yeah. But that would be the aspect too with Red Rising or going into any of this aspect, marketing it for a younger age. Right. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, I think I think we have uh, exhausted the topic for now. We hey, will maybe continue so. this out on the Facebook, on, on the onlines, on the onlines. I will make up a little thing, and we will share it from Dungeons and Dweebs, so yes. that we can not just all around. You know what? I'll even tweet it this time. Oh, awesome! There we go. There we go. <laughs> all right. Well, who's getting this round? I got the one before this. I, you know, I'm gonna pick up this one again, Bob. I've but I, I've come into a mound of cash. You son of a gun. <laughs> All right, let's in, go. In that case, I'm switching to something a little more expensive. Woo! You know Tashi Station? I'm a leaf on the wind. <laughs> Freaking fight for that. I'm a leaf. Waiting around for that Skywalker kid to come pick up that power convoyance. We got downloads in 20 systems. I pull up a chair, friend. Okay, so we've got our drinks. Here we are. The last half of Morningstar, the third book of the Red Rising trilogy. Darrow's rise is coming to its culmination. Mm. It's pinnacle. It's all going to end here, boys. Are you ready for this roller coaster ride? It's all or nothing here. It's a knockdown, drag out fight between the golds and. Okay. (laughs) And that will definitely not be a fourth book. (laughs) Right, so here we go. Yeah, we're into part three, glory, chapter 35, the light. <laughs> we have a large gathering of the clans. Uh, moment where all these obsidians are spreading the word and joining the cause. I mean, literally, this is Braveheart with that bagpipe music going, and the obsidians are just <laughs> traveling from clan to clan, spreading the word. <laughs> he cut, I heard Darrow cut through him like Moses through the Red Sea. <laughs> I didn't write down the number, but he brings back the rest of the Obsidians um, to an already crowded Tinos. <laughs> yes. And wow. it's... what? There's hundreds of thousands of them. That's all I wrote down. <laughs> um, yeah, quite the army. Uh, they also bring Rags' body back to be buried there uh, because they feel like that's what he would have wanted. He was the shield of Tinos. Right. After right. all, right. Uh, yeah, and we're kind of we're kind of moving over this in chapter uh, thirty-five. That is one of the things I'm still going to kind of harp on. I don't like that Rags is dead, and that we just instantly get this replacement in Sefi because I feel like Sefi is no different. She is the same character. Mm-hmm. Only well, we'll get into that later. Only a different gender. Uh, you know, I mean, it has its moments. Yeah, I guess she's kind of like she should be from uh, Wonder Woman's Island. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> yeah, but you got to remember, she also has another great moment, and I will role play it here. <laughs> I don't. <know. laughs> Where she stares. Where she doesn't talk. She doesn't uh, talk. Oh yeah, she doesn't. No, She's I guess there. yeah, she yeah. is just there. She's a no. placeholder. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's a placeholder mm-hmm. until we get something new. Uh, I hey, guess. At this point, I don't remember because it's been a while. 
Have we found out, or was this the last episode where Cassius is actually alive? Yeah, he is. not the last. Okay, so I'm going to bring this. I'm just trying to. It's here. I'm going to bring this up as well because uh, I may have been raked over the coals of having uh, spoiled that Cassius doesn't die. But at the same time, I never thought he was going to die. Mainly because they, he purposely points out he's sputtering and spitting and he's breathing and he's gurgling and every single time they talk about him. Even through the end That's of what right. you guys read, he was gurgling and sputtering. I knew, oh, this this guy is not dead. They even say it's between his windpipe and his yeah. wherever. I'm like, okay, he's alive. In the book, right. two millimeters is all that saved him. And I'm sorry, right. that's really... <laughs> well, it could easily. I mean, definitely, right? Yeah. Well, the only time that you could say that two millimeters is stretching it. <laughs> yeah. Why are you... Why are you... <laughs> If it sounds extra quiet, Luke is trying to pound crackers, and he just can't swallow Everybody, the time. everybody keeps talking while I'm trying to eat crackers. <laughs> We're trying to cover up the yeah. smell. Well, we'll no, just, I, I'm sorry. We'll everybody, everybody, everybody stops talking as soon as I start eating crackers. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, we get this whole kind of and, uh, convincing a large segment of the society, right, to, yeah. to join him on his rise. I'm going to jump to and, the end here, but we can okay. go back if there's anything you want to talk about. Uh, Darrow ends up messaging Severo. Um, and and has this talk about you know this fight and I like this that they fight so that they can have children they fight for the future they are the light and they are spreading cue the child and force pulls the broom to his hand <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah it is a lot of um, what if they didn't have to do this right you know like what what, what would your what would you have liked to have done yeah. with your life instead of fighting to free. Right, everybody. What I, what no, it's, it's, I like that. I like what I like. And see, I took this as, I, yeah. What would you do if we didn't have to fight, or who were you before the fight, or all of this stuff's going on? And this is, you know, that's the scene from Private Ryan where they're, you know, mm-hmm. talking about you. Know, mm-hmm. Well, I was a plumber doing this, and nobody can figure out who the sergeant actually was. And then he finally goes, "Well, I was a history teacher." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, I, what I like what Pierce Brown does is um, a lot of this has to happen very fast because we're in the third book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's tough to make a believable scenario in which you can overthrow this ingrained of a society so quickly. You know, and, and I think as we see by the end of this book, he kind of hedges the bets there, which I think is realistic. You know, mm-hmm. that, that where I've been kind of looking at, okay, Darrow is going to completely overhaul society by the end and be on top. He really doesn't. He hedges his bets, and I feel it's fine to go all the way to the end. I mean, Darrow does not come out on top here. He does not lead society by the end of this book. And I like that there's a sense of uh, realism mm-hmm. to that. Well, know? and there's a sense of Darrow understanding, you know, coming to terms with what his place is in all this. Right. Is and even at this part, he's coming to terms that he he is the sword. Yeah, right. Sword. <laughs> sword. He is the sword. I'm chewing on cough drops here too. I'm sorry. I mean, what a rough night. What a rough night. But he is the sword. He is not the politician. He is he is not the leader. He is the sword that is going to get you to the leader. Sword, right, not right, the right. scepter, which is why yes. the jackal was the one carrying the scepter. Exactly. They made their wonderful yeah. agreement that would never go wrong. Right. Never. So speaking of swords, we're now in a chapter 36 swill. Uh, As reference, Aya is still alive. Aya is. Because they haven't found a body. If there's no body, I always assume that they are alive. And even if there is a body, they're probably cloned. They're probably. Hey, it's time. It's time for our favorite part, though, in chapter 36 swill. It's part three check in with everybody. So we're going to go down. Darrow talks to Victra. You know, we're going to go through. He has a scene with Mustang, Uncle Narrow, and Kavax. Like, we're going to do that. Where's everybody at before we go into part? 
part three here, right? You know, I'm not going to lie, at this point where we are in this trilogy, there's so much going on that I'm having a hard time, like, being critical of anything that's going on because I'm just trying to keep track of where of everything yeah. that's going on. So we got all these people here that are here. We got all these people yep. that are here. Oh, and we got Cassius with us now. Yep. And now we have, oh, my... And Ragnar's dead, and they're gonna bury Ragnar. Yeah. But we got a sister Sefi, but then their mom's dead, and I—it's yeah, too exactly. much. There is a lot going on. So I mean, this is needed. I—I I, I think. Um, yeah, for sure. It is. It's very much by this point of the book. The second half of the third book is very much of a last time on Morningstar. <laughs> <laughs> the ship of the line, yes. Morningstar. Um, so uh, when Daryl goes to talk to Victor, she tells him that Mustang is a duplicitous, duplicitous little filly, um, but the best horses buck you off. I love this. I love how Victor all, most of the time will reference Mustang using horse terminology, and Mustang's been referenced using horse terminology this yeah, whole time. Yes, but Victor always makes it weirdly sexual. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> know. That's true. <laughs> Which is what I like about Victor. I, I just like Let's look at a little... A little <laughs> A little sneak. Um, seems like there's something between Victor and Severo going on here. A little bit, yeah. Ooh, yeah. A romantic tryst going on. <laughs> yes. um, yep. And and this very much became Game of Thrones for me for a while here too, with um, our you know the ginger wildling and uh, what's her name? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Jon Snow. <laughs> so this is where the first time in this chapter is where I I knew. Um, and this is maybe projecting too much, and people will be like, no, you didn't. You're just saying that. But I knew Cassius was going to be coming around mm -hmm. um, because Cassius is not dead yet, and we have Darrow entering on this scene of Mustang telling a story about the back at the Institute and how close Cassius and Darrow were. Like, we are now dredging up the feelings we had about how close these two were. Mm -hmm. And yet, you were brothers, Anakin! Yeah. Right? Like, I'm, so I'm like, you but, know what? We, we now have to bring Cassius back into the fold because we are trying to bring back our emotions for him of, of positivity, even well, though we've hated him, or I've hated him throughout the last... And see, and I, I, part of me was okay with this, and part of me was just annoyed with with portions of this because again it's Daryl you know talking good you know wanting to remember old Cassius and yeah. wanting to remember we were friends and want yeah. we did this and I loved him like a brother and Mustang being very critical of that and, and everybody else being very critical of he's not the same guy dude right stop right. it he's not the he, he he's no longer that same guy from the Institute you no longer have that relationship with him mm -hmm. right. Daryl just really trying to force that relationship where right I think he should have realized by this point that Cassius is never going to be Cassius again. <laughs> right, right. And at the, the end of this chapter, you know, you've got Cassius and Daryl. They're not brothers, but they're we're very close in the first book. Yeah. Then you get the actual siblings of Mustang talking about the jackal and yeah. the true jackal yeah. with his weird obsession with mazes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Oh. Maybe it's because of what I, you know, referenced in Tavern Talk about the fact that I've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds lately. Yeah. <laughs> The whole scene there where it talked about his obsession with mazes, I'm like, that's serial killer behavior. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> For sure. That's Again, it's, it's that's establishing him. That's, well, that's yeah. early dude from Saw. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there is stuff here that I find very 
just droll. I mean, Darrow's mom is talking about Darrow trading a watch for medicine. I couldn't care less. Um, I admit, I went through this chapter pretty quick. I so. did. I, yeah, there's, there's I, start, I won't lie. I started doing, sometimes I do kind of skimming reading, mm. where it's like, okay. And at this point, I kind of was uh, phasing in and out, and I was doing some, if it sounds like we're not talking a lot here about this chapter, it feels like maybe all of us were doing that. We're kind of skimming well, yeah, over They're this. really just, there's a lot of, uh, I'm eating crackers also. Um, <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing that up. Um, complete. It's just a lot of storytelling, uh, whether it is um, Mustang talking about her brother or Darrow's mother talking about Darrow. And even, even then, like, Darrow's mother talking about Darrow, like, Darrow the good guy is a good guy. Like, we, we already know that. We don't right. need more of that. Yeah, we didn't right. need another placement. And the right. watch scene was kind of cute. It's kind of like, cute. Okay, it kind of yeah. establishes that he's all, even when he was a little kid, he was still a good person. Right. right. We established that in the first book. Yeah. And I want to back off a little bit. My Dragonlance ten, uh, uh Claws were coming out there a little bit. I'm not trying to be too nitpicky because, in all honesty, yeah, I, or maybe I am being nitpicky. Unlike I thought, Golden's Golden Sun, where some of these did drag on too long, and I was like, cut out a hundred pages out of this book. Um, this didn't still feel slow to me. I might have been skimming slightly, but this did not come to kind of the almost grinding halt. I felt mm. it kind of did a little bit in Golden Sun. I was with this. I'm just being nitpicky at some parts uh, of this. But we're on to chapter 37, The Last Eagle. Cassius reveals that the jackal has been skimming helium-3 off the top and blaming it on the sons of Ares, and he has taken 500... Uh, 30 megaton nuclear warheads. He found the old secret stash of weapons. Right, right. And now, and then he's stolen them. So he's actually stealing from both sides here. Right, well, yeah. What would you expect the jackal to do? That's what he Yeah, that's exactly what well, yeah, he should be. He has, like you were saying, hedging the bets earlier with Daryl, the right. jackal's doing the exact same thing. He knows that no matter what, if something goes wrong, both sides are going to come for him. Yeah, he's right. making his own side. It's almost a three-way battle now. Exactly, and as they're researching this, and as they're trying to find out if these nuclear warheads actually still exist, because they were outlawed by you know the arts of war and the you know the regulations of war, and I just kept hearing Cheka, we are looking for the nuclear vessels. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. Um, I, I do like that there's these nuclear warheads that were still grounded in kind of. Um, uh, reality, where even though it's the far-flung future, uh, you know, a nuclear warhead is a nuclear warhead, and that is still a thing. So, and again, numerous references to the Rio Moon being glassed over, and right, right, that kind of stuff. And so, the Ash Lord. I just want to make sure the Ash Lord gets mentioned for when I talk near the last, near towards the end, yeah. before again. Sorry. And just, so, just for uh, like real life. Um, <clears throat> nuclear reference. Yeah. Uh, the nukes that were dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima yeah. were only two megatons. Yeah. Um, but the... These are 30. 30, that's fine. These are 30... Well, well these I are planet mean, killers. I mean, you, planet yeah. killers, yes. Well, you say that, but the USSR did yeah. test... The SAR bomb was, so was 50 megatons. 50 megatons. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is not something out of the realm of what actually no, exists. No, no, no. So this is but bit, 500 of them, they... that is a lot. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Not as big as a SAR bomb, but... Uh, moving on to chapter 38, The Bill, uh, we have everybody sitting around in a room planning the next move. Uh, there's a central hologram of an asteroid in the middle. Just kind of feeling Return of the Jedi to me. That's, that's no moon. <laughs> that is no moon. It's an asteroid. And see, as soon as I saw The Bill, I jumped immediately to I jumped immediately to Doctor Strange or to Game of Thrones or right. everything else. There's no the, fight in the, the war room? The Bill always oh. comes due. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
you we always have to, have to pay for what's going on. Um, there's a scene here, the scene that goes on here, uh, again, I swear, I don't know why I was getting all kinds of Braveheart feels off of this, but I was getting Braveheart feels, and I wrote in my notes, this scene is right out of Braveheart. Dancer and Mustang are having words, and Dancer says, this is our war, Gold. I was fighting it when you were still learning how to enslave hum human beings. Like, it, almost exactly what happens in Braveheart. Okay. Um, and Darrow motions to Severo, who takes his razor and slams it into the table. Yeah. Just the way Hamish does with his big axe when they're all fighting. It's like, no, you're bickering. Let me talk to you. You know, like, it just it felt very Braveheart. Uh, to me, because mm -hmm. um, they even say Reaper, Reaper, please continue. <laughs> you know, it's like Wallace, Wallace, speak with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> you yes, know, you know. And, this, and it does come around. Uh, they talked about in chapter thirty-six that uh, Darrow's plan is garbage, and he needs a new one. Yeah, which I like. <laughs> I love that our our big hero has a garbage plan. Yeah, and I, I love this failing. Yeah, so he comes out here and he discusses his new plan. It, it's not only do we need to shift the paradigm. We need to create our own. Yes. Because the jackal will the jackal will know, the sovereign will know. They will know what I'm trying to do. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go to Jupiter, we're gonna defeat the Sword Armada and Roke, and we're gonna do that all in forty days. Right. Yeah. Now I'll take your questions. Yes. And that's where I kinda got upset again. Mm -hmm. Because really? we're this is goes back to my thought of last time. He want he, we're gonna do this in forty days. How are you gonna do that? Well, I'll take your questions. And now we're already at the set where they're already going to initiate this plan 40 days later. Right. We, what this you're goes saying, back to my whole would, thought. Where they don't actually say the, the plan. The antagonist is not reading this book with us. Right. And that, yeah. the what, mystery What's of, your plan? We're going to kill them all. How right. are you going to do that? I get We're going to kill them all. Flash forward. Yeah. And now you're in a different I, spot. And, it, and this goes to one of the thoughts you and I had as a precast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, precast talk. About a certain character. That yeah. Why are there so? Why is there such secrecy about the plans? Why can't the reader? I guess know? what yes, we're looking for our we're, own. I'm totally okay with it. Well, yeah. What we're driving at is a weird flip of that. Usually, you read a book, you learn what the plan is, and then as you mm -hmm. read the next chapters, you find out how the plan either mm -hmm. works or fails, or something else comes up. The plan doesn't work, and they have to think of something else. And there in is this one, the entire plan is kept from us. So as it's unfolding, we're like, oh, so that was the plan. Oh, that was the plan. I. I think it it works and it's kind of cool. I do think it's not cool at the end of this book. I do not like how For he that does that at the end. Yeah, and they do make the drop a couple different times within here, and it's just li little quick drops about. Well, the jackal has spies everywhere, even in the, even in this society, even right. in, even oh, yeah. in Tinos, even everywhere else. We can't let too many people know what's going on because well. The jackal will find out because obviously the jackal, which is very realistic to me, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that there would be there would be people mm -hmm. who are like, I'm going to play both sides. And he's in and charge see who wins. of thirty percent of the media. And, and or really, more, this I is mean, just yeah. this is Probably my more. preference. I would much rather they didn't talk about what they were going to do, and I just learned about it rather than yeah. them talking about what they want to do and then that going wrong and me having to read essentially two different things. Plans, yeah. I, yeah. I don't like that. Maybe that's why I didn't like Golden Sun as much as I like this book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, because maybe it's it, it, reverse. Yeah, yeah, maybe. No. And, and yeah. you know, I did say that in that during that book. Like, as soon as we know a plan, it's thrown out the window. Right. Right. And we never really get that in this book. Right. 
And okay, if you're gonna choose though, one thing I will that I do love, if you're gonna choose a backdrop for for this, I love that they go to Jupiter because uh, yeah. the the oh, yeah. visuals of have staging this fight and everything else around the moons of Jupiter mm -hmm. and these uh, cities that are on the moons of Jupiter that yeah. stick out like you know that stick out like you know puffer fish. And yeah, 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 it looks very it's, cool. Yeah. And, with, and with this giant. Jupiter would just be massive in yeah. the background. It would it would be a and very I, striking visual. And I like I like Romulus here as the kind of the backwater despot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. he's just kind of like, all right. Well, we declared uh, we declared independence. Uh, what are you gonna do for me? Yeah. Let's get into that. To the the heart, chapter thirty nine. Uh, the heart. Um, this is gonna end up being a fight against Roke because uh, yep. Roke is in charge of the fleets. And so. at this point, we're gonna probably be combining a lot of chapters because a lot of let's just run them together. A lot yeah. of the Moon Lord stuff happens very quickly. Very quickly yeah. They really shuffle all into one. So apologies if we don't pause at each I, chapter. I, I agree. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, quick backstory though, just to make yeah. sure aware the. Moon Lords, they tried an uprising once before, and that's what started the whole nuclear armament phase mm -hmm, when right. Rhea was destroyed. So they don't have a tie to the society. They've lost one of their jewels, if you will, yeah, at one right. point. So then when they had this new uprising, yeah, we're going to declare independence too. So now there's the Moon Lords, there's Darrow, there's the Jackal, there's the society. Okay, we have a four-sided fight now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we need friends. We do that need is, friends. That is true. Friends, yes. So the heart. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> and tell us not. Yes. Um, <laughs> we say all of our tearful goodbyes. Uh, everybody's crying. People leave. I'm all with mom because mom says goodbye to Darrow and holds both him and Mustang's hands, puts them together, and said, "Both of you come home and then start living." And I'm like, "Yeah, mom." And tell him to stop being such whiny little poops to each other. And this is this is the point too where we where we do really find out that something there's something between Severo and Victra. Yeah, right. Because um because they go off to talk by themselves and then Severo comes back and he's just depressed and pissed off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she just happily skips away. <laughs> right. And there is you know Daryl looks, "Dude, what's going on?" No, no. Okay. Right. And we have these great visuals of like the Red Armada sailing to war, and they're all like raising their fists and they're yelling "Break the chains" and everything. D uh, Pierce again does cinematic visuals, I think, really wonderfully. He he can mm -hmm. create a good visual within your mind that you can see coming right he, out. He of can the describe the crap out of something that's not really happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and you get the you get you get yeah, those, you get all throughout the rest of this book. Anytime that we're going off to battle or we're flying through space, he does these great camera pans down the ships with words. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where you sure. get where you get these great visuals yeah, of right. what the ships look like on the outside and yeah. things that have been going and kind of how they've retrofitted a couple of these ships to make them, you know, more rebelly. Yeah. Right. No, yes. I I agree. Um, chapter forty, Yellow Sea. If there is one. One thing you know how sometimes you think about a book and only a few scenes might come to mind. Like yes. you'll think back to a book and there'll be scenes that stand out. Chapter forty, the Yellow Sea. When I think about this book, this is one of the things that I always think about. Just this striking visual of them uh, on this planet uh, or on this moon. Is it Io? Uh, yeah. Yep. And uh, it's all it's yellow and crusted, and there's Jupiter in the background. It, it's just all very striking. And as they meet. Uh, Kind of moon lords, and they have this weird body armor that's yeah. almost like yeah, weird body. They have bigger eyes, like they yeah. almost like evolved or been mm -hmm. carved. I, I would assume carved. Yeah. They're on this shuttle. The the uh, Val he's with Valkyries, and the shuttle is painted like a hammerhead shark, and mm -hmm. Holiday's laying on top of it with a sniper rifle. And we, we do get a, <laughs> a, cool. a, a new word I've never read before: Ionian. 
Yeah, right. Or describe people of the moon. I, I, I love that, the use of that, the invention and use of. Um, yeah, they call those lo- those tall, pale locals moonies. Moonies, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they have these weird carved things that I, I visualize as being face huggers that mm-hmm. help them breathe. They're mm-hmm. like uh, bio, you know, in, in some way. Yeah, they got they got that. They got like they have optics because it's dark. Um, th- th- it's weird, alien yet human, but cool. Right. Super and cool. again, super cool. Uh, so so Ra, who they're coming to to talk to, who's one of, who's the Moon Lord, mm-hmm. right? Uh, doesn't show up to this engagement, but sends his sister Vela, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole time they're trying to talk, again, Braveheart, Sefi is circling her while she's trying to talk. Is that Braveheart? That is Braveheart, where that's what William Wallace just circles them and circles them. I swear to God, Pierce, he watched Braveheart and wrote three chapters. And he, yeah, he's she's circling him and, and trying to almost like, you know, rush her out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ra wants to meet with them privately, um, and Darrow decides to go. So we're on to 41, the Moon Lord. The Moon Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Mustang and Darrow are separated. Uh, Romulus wishes to speak with Mustang first, so Darrow just kind of goes for a little wander. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, right. And talks with one of the kids. Yeah, uh, yeah. Serafina. Yeah, Romulus's daughter. This was cute. She's uh, a sweet girl. I kind of like this. Yeah. I like this parenting style that they talk about with it, compared to the other golds. Oh yeah, and more of like a find your own way yeah. sort of deal. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a nice little aspect between the different Moon Lord spots. Mm. And <laughs> you just, you actually just forced that in there. That's I did. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Well, I was trying to think of how to fit juxtaposition in there. It wasn't gonna work. Yeah, she's but, she, she leaves I, after her father shows up. Um, <laughs> It juxtaposes the military style uh, and viciousness of the House Ra against the family dynamic that's going on. The family aspect. <laughs> Sorry. Family aspect. We're <laughs> yeah. awful. Sorry. Um, and anyway, the Romulus shows up. Serafina uh, skips away. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then there's this little. Uh, there's also somebody from Luna here. Yeah. Is dropped. So the long and short of this is, uh, what I really like is that they both show, or uh, Darrow sh- shows up here, and Roke is there too. Yeah. Well, who did the Sovereign send? Yeah. Who do you think? So I have yeah. a question here. Yeah. Right. This is just something I was thinking about while reading it. Yeah. So Darrow's been training for 40 days back at Mars. Mm-hmm. And who knows how long, it t- going back to the whole distance and I, I don't think, I don't think he was training. I think that was all travel. Hmm. If I'm okay, anyway, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, was it, okay, yeah, so forty definitely. days from Mars to Jupiter and yeah. the moons, right? And Roke's been at Jupiter and the moons. Mm-hmm. What's he been doing this whole time? Just why like, just Armada stuff? Well, why haven't yeah. this refueling? Had forty days shore leave where you could <laughs> face hugging. But now let's talk about that shore leave. Where's your shore leave going to be? Where they are? I, so no, why I, have they not tried I don't to actually so. make a contact before? No, I get the impression that these are the moon lords. I mean, every moon of Jupiter, and I'm a guessing Saturn. They, we've never heard of Saturn, but I'm guessing yeah, well, that, that I'll, be on, I'll be on that Cooper belt that that there must be a whole kind of second part of there are, human but, civilization. Yeah. So, like, every moon has... So maybe he's hanging out at other moons. Maybe there's a gambling establishment at one But now, <laughs> with those moons, though, the moon lords are all united together. Right. Under Romulus. His Romulus, yes. Yeah. So why, in 40 days, has he not tried to make a contact before? No, because I think that was controlled by Romulus. Because, uh, Ro- because yeah. Romulus wants this set up to, I'm going to hear both your arguments, yes. and then I'm going to make the that, decision. That's yeah. what I got, is too. It, is it only because Darrow's reached out now? Is that why, maybe prior to the... I, I, and this is totally speculation. This is not in right. the book. Right, I agree. Um, 
Is it just because Daryl has reached out now? I, I have a feeling. That's that's what I feel. Because I, you know, and I don't. Why would why would the society reach out to the? And members? we don't. Do we really know the time frame here? Is when did it, when did Daryl send the message to? Romulus that he wanted to speak versus yeah. when did you know maybe be, lot, I don't know maybe we are, we are just, he, we're th- dealing with the fallout these, of the, fast forwarding you know like yeah, yeah. yeah well, and, exactly and well. these are the shipyards Jupiter has the shipyards where all these pla- where all these yes. massive ships have been built yeah. for both now you know for the society and the ones that have now been stolen by right. the by Daryl. So th- I mean, this is the shipyards. This is the. And I guess I never. The, the society needs these right now. I never really necessarily got the uh, impression that he never had that he hadn't talked to Roke. I felt like maybe well, Roke showed up and was like, "Hey, things are falling apart." Well, you know, well, with that back thing's... home, I'm here to guard the shipyards, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 just do your thing," you know, and then but waited for there Darrow still to get there. was that little uprising earlier where they declared the independence, which is why Roke is there in the first place because he crushed down parts of their rebellion in space. Right. So right. at that point, you've been beaten by this unbeatable person. And they've claimed Roke is unbeatable in space. Both sides right. have claimed this. Right. Why would he have not sued for peace before that? Yeah. Because no, oh, Daryl is completely free from jail at some point. Why was there no peace talks before? Yeah, and I tell Daryl, I'd like to talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And I think that that's where it comes down to. On, on my part, anyway, on my notes and what I've written down, mm, yeah. there's too much going on. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, There's yeah. way too much going on for me to even yeah. like. I was kind of riding with it and didn't it was, think about it. It was the I 40 agree. days part of, mm-hmm. well, Darrow's planning travel 40 days, prepping everything. What's the society doing for 40 days? I don't think they're just sitting on their hands. Right. I'm sorry. But what just, is, let's get into I, well, these offers. The, 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 the biggest, I, I got to bring it back to the end of 41, yeah. beginning of 42. Yeah. It's all who do the sovereigns said? Who do the sovereigns send? Who do you think? And it's just in my hardcover version of the book, you turn the page, all of a sudden 42 with a poet, and I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yes. right, right. Like, I have yes. no idea. I have no idea. Like, that, yep. that, man, that page turn was just that was one really of good. the best. Well done. Yes. Well done. Um, so what does Roke offer? He says he offers that the sovereign will pull part of her fleet from the rim, reduce taxes and tariffs on the rim, grant belt mining licenses, same as the core, an equal representation in the Senate. I'm like, this is this is like the story of the United States and the call, like you know, the colonies. Oh, yes, yes it, oh, exactly. <laughs> that's the, that's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's the that's well, we'll lower your taxes and um, we'll give you some, we'll give you some voting rights. Right. Yeah. Exactly. We'll get you representation in the Senate. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. Which we all know, and I and even Romulus at this point has to. I, these are all hollow offers. This yeah, is never right. going to happen. Right. Um, yeah, so that's what I have is that this is England uh, and the colonies. Um, Darrow promises true independence. He cares nothing for the rim. Only wants to liberate his people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, and by the way, they're storing nuclear arms. They're yeah, going to come back. Yeah. They're going to come back and do another Rhea. Well, yeah, uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even even then, uh, Darrow says he's going to give up all the sons that are currently in the rim. Right. Yeah, he says right. that he has given the sons that are in the rim a little bit of a heads up, but he knows that like, they haven't had time. Not all of them are right. Right. Yeah, because right. uh, yeah, even the sons are fighting Romul- Romulus's new rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'll, and get, this, I'll, and give, I'll give you all the sons in the rim. 
And the first time he said that, because we don't find out until after he says that, that he's given the son's heads up. And I was just like, holy, what? Right. Holy crap, is that brutal? <laughs> but then you find like, out that they're like, well, we gave, we gave him a heads up, and if they get out, they get out. It's down, it's on them now. But I love how Darrow's being duplicitous here. I mean, he doesn't know what the Jackal's using these nukes for. He's no. he's telling this. He is spinning this tail. It's a half lie. It's a half lie. And I and I do I do love this. I, I, I like that he, we're getting a little gray here. Well, he, yeah, yeah, he, he knows that the jackal has them but he's totally selling Roke out as that he has them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And they're going to use them against yeah. you. Which yeah, is a great thing that comes up in a nice book four. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> sorry, we are an audio podcast. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> your attention, and you just sat there like, <laughs> stay around. Uh, it brings a nice callback in book four. I will say so they make their oh, case, okay. Darrow and Mustang see, make it seem like the Sovereign's moving nuclear warheads against the moons, because right. everybody at Jupiter is still pissed off about Rhea. Mm. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Which really uh, hasn't actually been that long ago, thinking about No, not really. Well, no, it's, I think no. it's... Because the Ash Lord who caused it is still alive. Yeah. True. It's, right. it's just it, keeping it, that... There, there may be some people on a certain large island in the in on Earth that are still a little upset with a certain larger country from seventy years ago. Most likely, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, boy, but Darrow and Roke have final words. Just they have final words. Uh, yeah, Romulus even declares a blood feud on Roke. Um, right. Tells him to leave. Uh, yeah, that's brutal. He just all right. Well, I'm yeah, siding with them. And then he cuts his, his hand, hand, sucks the blood out, yeah, spits yeah, it. Really gross. But I, I love how Rogue just stands there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you have made your choice. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I kind of feel for Rogue though too. Again, this uh, Darrow decides to go all in. Um, his betrayal, in some ways, of his friend is mm-hmm. complete. You know, I mean, he is like, I am using you now. Uh, as my MacGuffin, that I'm saying that you are mm-hmm. using these nukes, which is not mm-hmm. true. Uh, to Roke, Darrow is is completely evil. Oh yeah, point. and he, he, right? he, and he even says, says it. He yeah. says you are ruin. Uh, you drain your friends of life. Uh, you know, and all of this stuff. His history, he says, is littered with men like you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's uh, pa- it's painful because again, like I thought back in Golden Sun, th- or. Back in Red Rising, this could have been fixed mm-hmm. back there, oh, but uh, many times in a lot in a lot of ways, Dar- Darrow True. somehow is responsible for the, his rise and so much good. But at the same time, he is also responsible in equal measure mm-hmm. for a lot of this. I mean, this is Darrow not saying what he's supposed mm-hmm. to say. Yeah, and well, Darrow can't. Talk. He's reaping and what he has sowed. He, can't talk. he does not do it. Yeah, he is the reaper, and he's <laughs> reaping what he just sowed way back in Red Rising. Uh, he's a much better fighter and not as much of a talker. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the, I mean, look at how him and several worked out their issues. Yeah, <laughs> they had a fight in the hallway. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. tries to yeah. have the same but way he, that's what he it does, would not have happened. He does best with people yep. like uh, Severo and Victra, who will just completely, mm. rabidly be after him, despite mm. of his own self-destructiveness or uh, d- destructiveness towards relationships. Yeah, yeah. And know, yeah, Roke, Roke yeah. discusses here that he had uh, essentially decided he was going to kill Roke after Quinn had died. Yeah, yeah. That was it. You're a dark. You're, you're a dark soul, Darrow. Yep. That's what I. I had to write that one down. That was good. <laughs> that was good. So, end of chapter 43 here, 43, again. here again. Uh, mm-hmm. Here again. The obligatory goodbye chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darrow says goodbye to Kavax and his fox. And finally to Mustang. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's just some kind of like BS gold ceremonies. I, I really like. He sells it well that these are just like just the worst. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh, hey, and Daryl finally kisses Mustang. About ooh. bloody damn time I have read in my notes. I'm like, are we back on some sort of track? 
That's so getting left in. <laughs> <laughs> Synchronized. <laughs> opening the camera. Yes, all right. Well, I guess we're going to war. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Chapter 44, The Lucky Ones. The ones who are not there. Yeah. Yes. Prepare for battle. Uh, Darrow's ships gather around uh, Io's North Pole. Severo sent Vectra to be with Darrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, because I guess he felt it was safer for her there or something. Mm-hmm. Well, and and two, Darrow needs somebody to watch him. Right. That's Darrow needs somebody to slap him in the back of the head and go, no, make another decision. Right. <laughs> yeah. And she would. Yeah, I guess we should say it's. Uh, we're, we're getting into this battle here. It is going to be the Battle of Ilium. Yeah. Darrow and the Moon Lords versus the Sword Armada. Yeah, so we're coming up to a major smackdown. It's weird. Darrow talks to Orion over the hollow, and she is being described as overweight. Yeah, okay. I, I was going to ask that. I'm like, was she always, or has she gotten no. fat off of freedom? That's she, what I have She has. That's the thing. Is that okay? Is they keep making yeah. reference to how she gaudily has decorated. She took over Darrow's stateroom on the packs mm-hmm. uh-huh. and has gaudily decorated it with the spoils of war. Okay, and she's okay. just getting she, she wants the parrot. She wants the parrot. And she's a pirate. Oh, okay, yeah. She so she's, and she's a pirate. Part. So she's <laughs> she, she has she instead of being you know that regulated blue right yeah. now she's yeah now okay. she's yeah. she's taking in I all like of that. the spoils because like she's that. no longer regulated right anymore. she even says she wants a parrot yeah. so yeah it's mm-hmm. true and it better be a red one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I like the drop in there too where they're talking about the parrot and somebody we found some hawks we found some sparrows uh, bloody right. damn parrots expensive right <laughs> <laughs> I love this okay, no, that's good I'm glad I'm glad you caught that club because I, I Bob I was right there with you I'm like I. When did she? When was she fat? When the heck did this happen? <laughs> she's like some sort of slim, trim, blue, just stuck yeah. in her. What? What? Yeah, no, she's become a pirate. Yeah, yeah of and course. so in being a pirate, it's the spoils. It's it's the person who overindulges. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I Blackbeard the pirate. I, I'm, I'm totally on board. I'm Bluebeard. sailing on the <laughs> Bluebeard the pirate. Um, awesome. I love this because Darrow opens the comlinks with everybody, so they all have this kind of nice joking. Everybody's saying funny things. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I had written down. Darrow gives a speech to his hollers and literally everybody else. <laughs> like, it's, it's just like, okay, listen. I love that uh, several jokes here that Darrow needs to make uh, speech as usual about raging against the dying light. Yeah. I love that we have several <laughs> yes. as referencing yeah. what Darrow always does. Some sort of meta, meta character. A meta character. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Um, I, I, I put in my notes, I feel that Severo's character is here just as much to keep Pierce Brown in line as it is to keep Darrow in line. <laughs> uh, and I, I love it. Pierce I Brown has just created some... Yeah, yeah, his oh, and alter ego. And see, again, I went th- with this as the drop of little things that are still left from, like, our time, from, like, right. fr- from our time on Earth to this time on Earth. Hmm. Because Rage Against the Dying, this is Dylan Thomas, man. Oh no. oh, no, okay. All right, so now you found the reference there. Well, man, funny. Um, so, and then, yeah, because Darrow does make a speech. I love that Severo says you got to make a speech, and then he does. Thank God it's short. I, well, I have and the whole speech that he does goes back to this rage against the dying of the light, do not go gentle into that good night. It's, it, it, it's Dylan Thomas. Yeah, right. It's the whole speech that he gives here is all do not go gentle into that good night. We're going to do this. We're going to go. Everybody's with me. Let's do this. Right. So you like that. I, I'm going to ask because I, I guess it hasn't bothered me one way or another. But now I'm finding like, okay, well, twice in the same book where we've got a, kind of actually the what you could say were epic lines from these two speeches, throw yourselves upon the machinery mm-hmm. or against the dying light. They're awesome lines, but they're 
borrowed but not referenced. So is that how is many, that cool or how is many, that not cool? How many times have we been talking before work and work and it gets time for work to start and we look at each other and go once more into the breach? Well, yeah, I know. I, I, that's I agree. that that's those re- we that's those references and that's things that but we usually go, we usually say well, it as a fort, joke may, exactly. But may, he is saying it as a joke here. This is several going. You got to give one more of your freaking speeches. I suppose. Yeah, that's several <laughs> saying it. Yeah, I know you're right. And I just hear the really snarky. All right, do not go gentle into the good night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, From English class. All right, on to the Battle of Ilum. The Battle of Ilum. Uh, Just the best space battle I've ever read. Love it. Love this space battle. Oh, my God. Just the the psychology between the two. This... um, Roke knows every move that Darrow is about to make. Right. Um, so he's flying a skeleton crew into the heart of Roke's fleet. Like, just, yep. you know what? I know you know what I know, so I'm going to do exactly what I think I wouldn't do. Right. But you know that I know that you know that I know, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I know, because <laughs> I'm trying to not know what I know so that I can think not like myself. Right. And, uh, and I, I, I don't know if you like this or not, but I, what I love is a lot of times space battles are all about shields and being able to hold up the shields and yeah. how long are their shields going to be. Mm. These ships go at it and they are pounding the hell out of each mm. other, just getting destroyed. Angle adult deflector shield will go on. And if it, it creates a real desperation. As you're reading it, you're like, these ships are just disintegrating around each other, and you know, four, as they're just trashing each other. 14 out of his 16 are gone. Yeah. Oh, I, I love the desperation that's created in this battle. And in my head throughout this entire battle, I have the the differences between the bridges. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, the the rebels here is it's it's a little chaotic. People are shouting orders. Just there's Beethoven playing on Roke's bridge and he's just standing there. Yeah. 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 Yes. Go left. Go right. Fire on that one. <laughs> yeah. Right. And conducting his armada. Yes. Conducting his armada. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I I I take him as Grand Admiral Thrawn. But we'll get yes. there in the yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We, we will we will get there when we do next those books. winter. Next winter when we do those books. <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah, this battle is just. Uh, so I, I love that Roke asks for surrender or Daryl flicks him off. Yeah. Like it's, it's, there's all these little nuances that go on in here. Um, but I love this idea of leechcraft. We've seen leechcraft before, mm-hmm. but now, I mean, it's just in its full uh, glory. And so the ships kind of pull up alongside each other and almost like boarding parties, they fire all these leechcraft at each other. Um, it's really epic stuff. Yeah, the like heavy raiders from Battlestar Galactica. Is that what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kinda, yeah. kinda. Kinda, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, man, the, between that and between them, are we... We're kind of on Battle of Ilum to Helldiver. Yeah, like, kind of, well, it's, this, this yeah. whole thing... Let's talk about his entire plan here. What goes on... Oh, this came this out of nowhere thing. for oh, me. I God. love this plan. Yeah. Well, they, they, cr- <laughs> they create, like, a column of flack. Whatever. Right. And they use that to get further in towards the Colossus. Yes. Which is which is Roke's ship, right? Which, the Colossus, yeah, which is Roke's flagship. Flagship. Yeah. Which it's his command ship. Uh, yep. It's yeah. Yeah. So, so they, get, they get close yeah. enough. <laughs> it's they, a superstar destroyer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they get close enough, and like he's letting Roke launch these leechcraft onto the packs. Right. They they start punching their way through, uh, and then um, Darrow and his skeleton crew go up to this elevator. They go up into this like hangar bay, and they're like, okay. Now we're ready to start fighting. Like we've just been goofing around. Right. Like this, this has just been like yeah. Well, this whole time I'm going, one. what are you doing? Yeah. What is going right. on? There's people. Oh my god, is he actually going to lose this? Yeah, it's. 
It was actually there's like, still so I many was, pages left in the book. How yeah, is this yeah, possible? Right, right. I, I had sweaty palms. Right. Because um, he's faking him out. He's faking Rogue out. Rogue launches all of his leechcraft, and he's he's clearing his ship. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, Darrow is because he's sending everything to. Yes. To uh, Roke's ship, um, and the, I, I uh, hell hell diver, hell diver. I, I put like Quadrils, pa- Quadrils. like Quadrils. Pavlov's dog. Whenever I see the title Hell Diver, I start to salivate because I know it's going down. <laughs> that, was actually, that was actually that was, that was something I do. I do. I did want to bring up about this book, about this trilogy. How many times has the chapter <laughs> chapter title Hell, hell Diver and Silence been used? Yeah, Hell Diver I know has been used in every book. Every book. I think Silence is used twice in this one. Really? No <laughs> joke. Wow. wow. Um, but yes, they climb in. They climb into the claw drills. Yeah. And they start drilling through their own ship. Yeah. Like, like to build momentum or something, yeah. or to yeah. build a uh, heat in the heat. drills. Right. And then and then finally they drill and uh, I, into ropes. And, and I wrote this down here. I, I think this is the. Is this, is this the first time we get like the like description of like it's an arm cut off at the elbow? No, they describe that, that in the first in book. The first book okay, that's that that. that so long because ago we kind of made point. fun of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, but yeah, because they need because you know they need to build up they need to build up the heat yeah. before they go into space to keep the drills going. Yeah, actually, I wrote down. And up. then finally, they drill through the entire ship. Yeah, and then fall, and then I just had this moment of. All of a sudden, it's just, you know, battle, battle, battle. And then all of a sudden, it's just going to the dead silence yes. of space as the claw drills are falling. Oh, my God. I completely have the same visual where it just be, you know, the music would be swelling and they'd be drilling through their own ship. And, yeah, mm-hmm. silence. And they just drift. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it just, it'd be awesome. It's and epic. they're talking about how it's they, like, epic. how they yeah. how they retrofitted some, um, like, blast cannons or something <laughs> onto the claw drills yeah, so that they could right? kind of steer. Because Daryl gets hit by a piece of... Uh, by a piece of shrapnel, mm. by a piece of some other ship, essentially, and gets pushed off course. But he can only push forward. He can't correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the what they did is the and I caught this just quickly is it's it's kind of dead man while they're in space. He doesn't have control. Yeah. Somebody on another ship has control of his oh, that's of his right. thrusters. Right. That is right. So right. he's sitting there. He's got that moment of oh god, I'm of course I'm gonna die. And then all of a sudden the sh- his, his own sh- his own claw drill goes. <laughs> and goes back on course because right. somebody else is controlling it. So we're going right into chapter forty-seven. And merges right in hell. Well, and they man, uh, battle orgy. They, they, they land. Um, he kind of like punches his way through the ship. Yep. The rest of his party lands there with them. Uh, you got Victra. You got or not? I'm sorry, you got Cassius. You have Victra. You Holiday. Have, you have Holiday. You have. The Obsidian Party, who are now tripping on shrooms. Yes, because the Obsidian Party are offering shrooms to everybody, and they're like, "No, no, oh, and then, oh you will see dragons." Yeah. Is this what you want to take before you go into battle? And then Victor, yes. Victor just kind of like nudges Daryl and like, you know, Cassius and I took those, tripped on them for a week while we were like, like they were like, yeah, they're like, yeah, that's a weird they had sex in a cabin for a week on shrooms. That's what, kinda, <laughs> that's like, what yeah, I thought of it too. Kind of like this, like weird, like. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Like I, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Um, and this quote at the end here: "The Reaper has come, and he has brought, brought hell, hell with, with him. him." You yeah. tell him I'm coming, and I'm bringing hell with me. <laughs> Into chapter forty-seven, hell. Hell. So, <laughs> real quick pause yes. here. So yeah. I'm thinking here. Going back to the size of these two ships. Yeah. Pax is much smaller. Yeah, it's said as being two times smaller, essentially. Right, the, right. the Colossus is twice as big and three times the girth. Yeah. How many people do you think are on the packs? It uses girth, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for catching me. Are we ever told? I, I don't know. 
I don't know because and then it's talking. It's it's, thro- a, it's a skeleton crew. It's right. it's essentially just they just stop that enough, hangar. Just, just enough they so that they can the do hangar, their crossing. Right? Yeah. So now uh, it talks about how Roke gambled big. Okay. Yeah. So his ship is twice as long, mm-hmm. three times as wide. Yep. Mm-hmm. How many men did he have to send? About fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. So on this whole ship that is over five miles long, he only had fifteen thousand men. Yeah. No, Rogue's not on a skeleton crew. No, no, no. no Rogue ship is. sent fifteen thousand. Oh, I, th- I thought. Yeah, I thought you were. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Rogue sent yeah. fifteen thousand over. Darrow's brought at least, at least three thousand obsidians. Yeah. How many? It does on a moonbreaker. It 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 it, uh-huh. it doesn't that's it doesn't good matter question. when that's a good question. Good it question. doesn't matter when you're drilling through the moon through the breaker in but space. But not every. Yeah. But again, five miles long, and they're. I'm considering the quadrilles probably maybe the size of this house. Yeah, right. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, God, I didn't even go that big. Yeah. Well, even yeah. smaller then. So it's not going to take yeah, I was thinking about the size. I, I was thinking just over the size of a bat. Yeah, so how yeah ma- you're right. Even with like the, uh, yeah. the bulkheads, so that's how the many, shot to exactly. save everybody. So how is it that, well, now Roke has no one on it. Yeah. Thinking the size is through. Yeah. yeah. Why? I don't know. Well, they, and I, they, I, they do I, struggle I, to get to Roke. Yeah, and I they want... They do, yes. And I want to say that yeah. that's one of the reasons why... Once Darrow gets out, once his quadro breaks down and he has to run, mm-hmm. he has to go to go it on foot. Mm-hmm. Why he ha- basically hacks into Rogue's ship and makes the makes his second speech yeah. while he's running. Right, the recorded about, speech. Yeah, the, the recorded, recorded speech. speech. Yeah. About yeah. Kind yeah. of works. Yes. Yes. Well, definitely works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Join, that's, that's a good yeah. Yeah. The Join me. Yeah. Lock the doors. Mm-hmm. If you're a lower color, lock the doors. Um, don't 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 die. Don't get hurt. But lock the doors so that the so that anybody who's against us can't come against us. So I just took it as all of a sudden you ha- you're locked in different parts of the ship and can't actually go anywhere. Yeah, I feel, I feel like a lot of this was was kind of glossed over. It was super action packed. Yeah. Um, but you know, definitely just from their point of view in this ship. Mm. Um, I like how they get to they finally get to the bridge door. Let's here. get to this bridge door. They they get to the bridge door and they're trying to like they're. Okay, it's the beginning of Phantom Menace, and they're trying to burn through the bridge door. It is exactly Phantom. Menace. And then all of a sudden, the bridge door opens. That, that, that's this entire cha- this, is this entire chapter. They're just like drilling through these bulkheads. Uh, yeah, burr- exactly. Yeah, and trying through it. And uh, so they, uh, they get there, and then the on. door opens. Cinema sense. Convenient pink is convenient. Yeah, I know you're really irritated by this. So pink is ex machina. That was my other point I was going to use. What's that? But yeah, they, they pink is um, ex machina. Yeah, but, but but I guess it is even more stressful than that. They are they set the drill up. Yeah. Holiday, how long does it take? This is take like 14, fifteen minutes. Yeah, fifteen minutes. 15 yeah. minutes fourteen yeah. minutes. Uh, uh, we're gonna have Rogue's forces are pressing down on them. Yeah, yeah we have a group of Ossidians and Greys that are going to be here in two and a half. Right, and, and all of a sudden. Darrow is getting nothing from Mustang on the comms. No. Yeah. This this ends. It, on it is such... super stressful. Oh my god. But yeah. Well, it ends with doors opening. And oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's it's not exactly. I guess it's not like whoosh, the yep. doors open into chapter forty eight. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, like, I know. Not, not only are they they're not just pinned against a door, they are being pincered. Right. Like two forces and are just going to erase. When them. the doors open because they're not supposed to, I'm like, okay, Roke has a trap inside, and they are now pinched between. Exactly. Them. Oh yeah, it's this exactly is the door I'm opens, and there's 117 right. stormtrooper obsidian right. standing. Yeah. Up. Let Neil go because. Uh, this is his big issue. Okay, there he are many issues. issues with this truck. Okay, yeah. So well, going, there is. Some. So going back to Roke talking with Daryl on Io. Yeah. 
He says, the reason why I want to kill you is because Quinn died. Mm -hmm. Leah died. Mm -hmm. And now he has a pink? Yeah. Uh, he has a pink, uh, not even just a pink, a pink who he thinks during the most important battle of his life, he brings onto the bridge? I agree. Why I, is she on the bridge in the first place? Why Lock her she, in why the room. Why she even do what she team? does? Why? No, not even done yet. Let him go. Let him go. <laughs> Rance has gotten over all of you. <laughs> and why does she have permission during a battle? I feel like there's different battle protocols of who has permission to do things. Mm -hmm. I'm a pink. Bloop. I open the door. Yeah. I, Where did this come from? She's, a, she she's essentially a slave. Why is she, she free on a, and during like, an epic battle? Why is she free to do anything? And like I said, in Claude Pulis, pink as machina. Yeah. It's so convenient it that there happened to be this one pink in there yep. who listened to his whole thing, yet no blue who's listening to Roke notices, oh, the door's opening. Click. Stop. Yep. We're wired into the ship. <laughs> right. It's one of those things that I didn't think about it when it happened. But after you said it... I'm like, you're right. Like, that is actually real sucky writing <laughs> at that point because you should not set up this. I defend it, Clob. I No, I'm not, going, I'm not okay. going to defend it. I'm going to my, 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 my modicum of understanding. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> you have to remember, Roke's never been beaten. Roke yeah, is so confident true. that no matter that he's going to win, that he has control right. of the entire situation. I just have, I, I almost picture her being there as, first off, it's his slave. It's like his right. personal pink. Like she's bringing him the little, you know, ceramic teacup while he's listening to Beethoven and directing the battle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he is so. He, he, there's no way that any of this is going to go wrong for right. his bridge to be taken. The only thing I feel that it's this could have been rectified aspect. if we had had just a couple scenes with Roke with this pink being mentioned. And maybe about how he has confidence. Yeah, I, 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 and, I maybe would have been more annoyed at that. Maybe. And yeah, later, maybe. though, in the same one. But, I mean, looks, it is just used, like, it's it's like saying, and he has a trained baboon on there that opened the door. Mm. Like, I mean, she when, just when opens the going door. Going back to for, his slave spot here, though, in the chapter, it actually talks about how to Darrow it sounds like Roke feels betrayed as a lover, not as a master. So mm. this is someone who we actually cared about. Yeah. So now it makes it even worse. Worse, because that, we are that, supposed to see uh, Roke as being pining after his... Yeah. The lost ones. The lost yes. ones, and not moving on with a pink. No, he's not things. moving on with a pink, though. Is she is ju She's just a slave. That's not what is said. Boys right? think with the betrayal of a lover instead of that of a master. Yeah, because Roke, he's, Roke, he sees Roke, the pink as, being, as betraying you, a third sod. time. But yeah, she, maybe uh, he's a romantic okay, side. Yes. No, no, that's, a, that's one of Victor's lines. Yes, yes. Victor's yeah, lines. Yeah. That's true. But again, she's... She she's not an equal lover. No, maybe right. not. Maybe yeah. not equal. She's not. Maybe not she's yeah. not. She's not an equal lover like mm. the other ones were. This is this is the this is the the favorite slave of the master. The master who honestly believes because remember, Roke honestly believes in the society. Right. Therefore, mm. he he actually he believed he trusted he, he even loved the slave as the master loves the slave. You know as. Someone right. loves their, you know. Someone claims to love the dog that they put in dog fights, right? Or yeah, you know, or something yeah. like that, and can't can't even imagine that she didn't. Maybe she didn't return it, or that she didn't return it enough and didn't know her place enough to know that she should love him above all else. Right, and, and, and that's more than I got. I'm just going with that. This moment was so overshadowed by. It. What happened before and what happened after right. that? Like, I, I really, uh, but but again, that's that's what I'm going to continue to say about right. this book. Is there's so much going, going on, on. Mm -hmm. and I don't know what's going on. And, and as far as that goes, too, in my notes, I just uh, say a pink has gone against orders and opened the door. Yes, at the time I didn't even think of it, but now 
thinking retrospectively, I'm like, yeah, it is. It's now more of an issue for me. Mm. But, but even if it's now, even if it's an issue, I think the rest of this scene makes up for it. No, Wait, there's still one more problem. One there's more, one more now, problem. Now, now I'll let I, you take this one. I have a major <laughs> issue uh, that comes up next, and I am going to take this one right to Pierce Brown's doorstep because I don't know why you would make this decision. I have a minor defense that could be okay. Seen, but so there, there is a uh, what is it, a Praetorian that comes out uh, that's on the bridge with them. Her name is Felicia uh, whatever. Oh, God, yes, yes. Because Darrow and Victra kill her, and then Victra walks by her and says, bye, Felicia. My notes then have nothing but capital WTFs from about 500 times. I I let it go. I let it go because... Because what comes next is awesome. But But she she did the Victorian thing where she she did the so... Because she said her name. Yeah. She, I am Felicia, blah blah blah. Yeah. House, blah blah blah, and I am better than you. And then she gets knocked down. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was just, it was just that. Yeah. It was just that I didn't see it coming. It was just yeah, that it, it was. But, I am Felicia. Oh, and then he hit me with it, and I, I giggled. But Pierce knew what he was doing with that. That is like yeah, no, no, he he totally did. But you know what? He somehow. Didn't like it. Wasn't like coming up like, oh, she's gonna say it. She's gonna, oh, of course he used that. No, is like reading. No, it's like this. This amazing thing is going on. All of a sudden, like, ha, gotcha. I don't think so. I, I feel like this is if you're reading a book in the '80s and some character says, "Where's the beef?" <laughs> or is it like it's just like like, like I feel it's I'm just stu- it's stupid. It's so stupid and trite. It's Especially somebody- when what comes next happens, you're like, you're gonna have a character say, "Bye, Felicia." Right before what happens next, which we did as an intro, which is amazing. You have amazing writing next, juxtaposed next to this really weak, foolish, like, I'm just going to do something for a little joke. I I don't know. To me, he's been so strong as a writer, Mm -hmm. and this was, and this is almost building up on the fact that I thought he overstepped the bounds with the whole Ragnar cutting himself out of the monster's anus story that I thought was kind of stupid. Like, there's been times in this book where I feel it's almost like Pierce has gotten a little complacent with where he's at, and it's just jumping the gun just a little bit too much where I'm kind of getting whiplashed out of this book now and Yeah, it's fine. It's fine for me. There's, There's so much cool stuff going on that it's like you know these little moments of like I mean right. mind you bad comic relief but comic relief yeah right true it's it's just like in this totally like stressful uh, pre-emotional scene right just this little like giggle like right. I'm like oh I'm like I honestly I, 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 I went with like a, oh okay you got me like right. I, I giggled right. and I'm like Okay. But he did it just two chapters before where they're talking to each other over the comlinks and stuff. I mean, this book is not without its humor. It's not like a heavy uh, book necessarily. Like you said it took me out of the moment. Right. But now my minor defense yeah. okay. is that since this is in the past of our, or this is in the future of our time, uh-huh. what if that was something she picked up from her learning of history? And she said, <laughs> "Bye, Felicia." Yes. What if it around? was? What if it was? I can't. I'm oh just saying. God. What if? <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. I'm still with you. Yeah, I don't right. like it. Yeah. But hey, maybe that's Victor. I mean, she's weird like that to like those types of things. But now maybe. let's get on to what is awesome uh, yeah. about this chapter. Uh, this is not awesome. This is sad. I well, it's awesome and sad. This. I won't. I, I got emotional reading this chapter. Yeah, this likewise, is super impactful. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read uh, this chapter out loud. <laughs> I read <laughs> all of Rogue. I read all of. I read all of Rogue's lines out loud. Oh, that's so awesome! Um, uh, and yeah, uh, it takes him no time to take the bridge. Um, and I just love how he just. And I have this vision of, like, the door opens and Daryl jumps in and does the superhero knee thing as he jumps in the door. Superhero <laughs> landing. Superhero landing. Yeah, yes. it's true. It's true. It's true. And just, and just hi. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, yeah. And there's lots of little Easter eggs now, real-world references that I do like. Uh, Mustang's ship is drifting dark, and her the name of her ship is the Deja Thoris, which is one of my favorites. The Princess of Mars books by Edgar Rice Burroughs. You know, really, that, that was, that was just my favorite song that the, the Who's and the Grinch sang. <laughs> Deja Thoris. Deja Thoris. Welcome. That was the only thing I could think of when I'm reading this. Next Christmas, we'll put that out as an original. Yeah, it's. Welcome, Princess. Welcome, Prince. The the entirety of this chapter. Oh, it's so strong. Even the by Felicia, I'm liking. Um, Shut up. But yeah. Severo is hiding amongst. Or uh, his ships are okay. This this didn't surprise me. Several and six thousand men because they they talked about it at, at an earlier point. Yeah, in everybody chapter. keeps going. Where? Hey, Several's not here. Hey, 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 hey where's Several? You guys told us where he was already. Like <laughs> this isn't surprising. No, me. it's not a surprise. It surprises this Roke, part though. of the plan. Ironically, we know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this surprises Roke though, and this surprises all of his ships as they take them down. Yeah, um, and then Roke proceeds to take his own life. Oh, what a, oh, man. Just perfect. That, that, perfect. That, perfect. That speech. It is perfect. Oh. These lines were Darrow's yelling at him, Roke, how many more How many more have to die? And this line from Roke here, if you care so much for life, tell yours to stop fighting. Right. Tell them to fall in line and understand that life isn't free. It isn't without sacrifice. If all take what they want, how long will it be till there's nothing left? Right. I was waiting for that moment for him to hit the self-destruct button. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because Lol's boom. He yeah. thinks of the society so much, and he knows he's lost right now. Yeah, why that, that is actually he just that's go, a very good point. Mm-hmm. Do it, and all of a sudden, one blue who knew the plan. Yeah, blow the whole. That thing. is and that, that re- is re- really re- like if he's willing to throw his razor around his neck and cut off his own head to. He for would this. be willing to sacrifice yeah. everyone. Yeah, yeah. what society and and yes, just to take plot uh, armor exists. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't matter that the order is flawed because mm. what are we without order? But you know what? I, what I love about how how this has been structured is this is the time for this. We mm. want Roke if he's going to die to die around the moons of Jupiter because he is our sympathetic character and even what he says he is the man who believes in society. But yet we still care for him as readers, and you kill him off and bring us to tears because you don't want him dying when we're in the middle of killing Aya, who we want no. dead, and the Jackal, who we want dead, and he the Sovereign, who we want moment. dead. He and, needs his own moments. And so great pe- to bring us to this moment now. And what I'm wondering during this scene, and this is something that Luke brought up while we were working on the intro, mm. our, on our stinger for this episode, is has anybody shut off the Beethoven? Mm-mm. No, he's giving. No, Beethoven is still going. The Beethoven is the Beethoven is still going. He's yep. giving this speech on the bridge. Has wrapped his razor around his neck as everybody as everybody says, "I am gold," and snaps his and cuts his own freaking head off. Right, but with. You know, and I, I, I just hear it's it's gotta be a concerto, it's gotta be one of those where a swell it's the just going and then all of a sudden there's the big swell in the background as his head rolls off his body. Right. Movie right. producers. Man, can can Brown write a character. Yeah, I agree. I these I mean these main characters anyways, uh, it's this if Roke was going to go, this is how he was going to go. Right. And how good for making us feel sympathy for what, making us feel sympathy, making us for a traitor for a for for the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, for what for one of the bad guys for the guy who at the end of the other book stabbed him in the back. Yeah, right. Literally, yes, quite <laughs> literally. Yeah, he deserved it. 
Um, <laughs> so let's move on into chapter 49 and finish Colossus. out this part. Colossus. What an end. I love it. He betrays Romulus and they take out the docks again, I mean. Oh I God. just so love this. It's brilliant. Wait, should we, wait, wait, should we? Hey, we have to send out over the radio waves that we've taken the ship. No, hold I, on, no, hold on, let's shoot the docks first. Well, and I like the fact that <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that Roke gives everybody on the bridge a choice. Folk? I'm sorry, not Roke. Um, that Daryl gives oh, everybody. Yeah, yeah, Daryl gives Daryl. He Roke dies. Daryl just turns around to everybody on the bridge and goes, "If you're with me, you're with me. If not, you're going to be taken no, no, no. prisoner as long as you do it now. Otherwise, I will make it hurt." Because Daryl can't do anything at this moment because he's still shocked. Roke is on the ground. Victra. Victor takes command. Because this bit. is yes. a moment that I wrote yeah. on that I like. Victra says she's going to share the burden. Again, That's taking it from Darrow all the time, and Ooh. orders the to, them to open yeah. fires. On she orders the. This is after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. knowing yeah, yeah, that yeah, others yeah. will die, and I put. I I am just in love with Victra. Uh, she is straightforward. She has no games, and she has a slinky sexuality that I dig. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm totally into Victra. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if you. <laughs> But she likes short guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes, with other people's really, eyeballs. None of us are short. I don't know. Sefi ends up renaming the ship uh, the Tier Morga, which she says means Morning Star. I had to look that up. That's the name of the book. Yeah. Roll credits. I had to look that up because all this Norse mythology is going on. I don't know. Tyr, again, we referenced last time, is a Norse god who appears in the Eddas. Um, He's either the father of Odin or the or the son, depending on what you read. Uh, he's associated with Mars, the god of war, but his name does not mean morning or star. No. And, and, hey, and, uh, their language might have been and different. No, I agree. I'm just, I'm just, again, remember, they're in a made-up religion. I'm only saying that because a lot of the things in this book have been references to things. This just is a its own thing. Yeah, they... Um, so, yeah, Darrow's... Uh, Darrow's new ship, the Morning Star, fires upon the docks... Um, killing thousands of low colors. Right. And really, I, I feel like there's this, like, a little bit of a struggle there, but I mean, like, really, when it comes down to it, Phobos, where he sent the low colors to their death versus the shipyard where he just killed the low colors. Right. Really, I mean, did are either of them worse than one another? No. Did we, real quick, did we throw in the Romulus part? Or did we just completely go? Then, then he betrayed him. No, we, we didn't. We're, we're not there. Yet. Yet. Well, we did it quick. We Are just we? skipped over the parts. Yeah, sorry. For what's that? When the said, whole thing though that happens, I'm not, I'm not they're, on the bridge yet. They're talking on the comms yeah, with yeah. Romulus, and Darrow says, hey, "I'm not on the bridge yet. What's Roke doing? Oh, he's heading towards the ship docks. No, don't let him do that. I'll do my best. I'll try to get back to you when I can." <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. We glossed then, over. Oh, we glossed over a little wrong. And there's the nice. there's the actual betrayal of what happens there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, it's called right. the Chuck noise. In case you haven't ever watched Panics, I, I, I was more of a uh, Saving Silverman fan. Ah, sorry. <laughs> but you don't have to make the noise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, they get to that moment where it's a full-on betrayal. But Romulus has no, no knowledge idea. of this. No but idea. we get more into that in part four. All right. Do. So, yes. Part so four. end of uh, chapter forty-nine, barreling into part four and chapter fifty. Yeah. I'm gonna put it in. And I want to make one more reference here before we jump into part four. Okay, I suppose we'll let you. Going back to the idea of the Morning Star. Huh? And, again, reference to uh, both Nordic myth and going into Judo Christi Christianity as well. 
in the Jewish or in the Jewish texts and in the Christian texts, the morning star is actually something that is referenced to both Satan mm. and Satan Jesus. The morning star, and yes, it's yeah, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm I'm thinking Pierce drives this reference in here because okay, who is Daryl really? Is he supposed to be Jesus, oh. or is or is he Lucifer rebelling against God? <laughs> wow, I love good. that. That's good, good one. That's yeah. a very good. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, do you guys want to break for lunch now, or should we do it later? Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I really I do like that it does come up because yeah. the cover of this book kind of infuriate infuriate <laughs> it made me mad um, because it had a a sling blade and or sigh. I don't it's know. just a hand sickle, and, and, and then it said Morning Star, and I'm like, that is that is not a morning star. I, I, yeah, because right. it, it has a weapon, and the the title is a weapon. Morning. Yeah, right. And that's not a weapon, and also he is the Reaper, so it is just. At any rate, chapter yeah, fifty. I agree. The I, thunder and light, or thunder and lightning. Thunder and lightning. Yeah. So Romulus knows that Daryl lied about the nukes, but he can't afford more wars, so he just acts like he believes it. I don't really care about spending much time with uh, Romulus. The big deal is that Daryl decides to withdraw to the core. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love. Well, we have the, we have these moments here too, where v- Victor's going to go after her sister. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. They bury Rose yeah, I guess we, by we did, shooting we did, him. We did, uh, we did kind of skip son. over that. Um, in chapter forty nine, um, Antonia did find time to bail the heck out of there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, we're losing. I'm out. <laughs> yep. She runs. They bury Roke, uh, and Darrow has Cassius. Yeah, they bury, they bury Roke by, by he, exactly by, by <laughs> putting him in a torpedo and shooting him into the sun. Yeah. Did they have bagpipes playing Amazing Grace <laughs> yes. when they did it? We can, only, we can only hope that he lands on a planet that is being terraformed and is reborn. Yes, they bring I, him back. Yes, I no, they shoot him into the sun. I'm pretty sure there's fan fiction of that. What <laughs> uh, shot is that? I like the funeral scene. I like I do chap- the chap- funeral scene. chapter. I love chapter fifty. Bar none is my favorite chapter in this trilogy. Because of Darrow and Cassius and their long talk uh, in the, the court. The, f- the funeral. And their talk them talk. Yep. Them talking and drinking whiskey and like yeah. just reminiscing over like old college. You know, hey, I look at all, look. Why don't you Why not you come over? We'll crack a beer. And we'll just watch all the old, old vines I recorded. Yeah, the old times. And one of the reasons that he's doing that is because he's in Roke's quarters and he's going over Roke's recent playlist. And what was Roke just watching? Yeah. Roke was just yeah. watching them at the Institute. Again, again yeah. painting Darrow is, in some ways, is a, like what you said. Is he Lucifer? Is he Christ? You know, I mean, he's got both dualities within him. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he has, he has betrayed his best friend. I feel for Roke so much, even, even in this chapter mm-hmm. with, with what we're seeing here. It's yeah. That Rogue has been sitting in his quarters watching videos of their good old times together. Exactly. Uh, watching videos of his good old times together, drinking Rogue's private stash. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And, then, and, 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 and I don't know who that speaks to. That um, Rogue can watch those and still pursue and try to kill Dar- Darrow, or that oh, Dar- yeah. Darrow kills Rogue and still sits down and watches those. It's yeah. it's it's really it's very complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he brings Cassius in and takes the shackles off Cassius, and they just sit there and drink scotch and talk yeah, about the yeah. holidays. Yeah. Holidays, all worried about like, no, 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 we're gonna hang out. No, no, get, go outside and go. No, 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 go to bed. We'll be outside. No, go to bed. We'll be outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, and I really, this is this is really where I'm feeling this. Um, Morningstar is striking a 
balance with me that Golden Sun never did. Yeah. Yes. Um, and this, I just, I wrote this down. This isn't a dig at you at all, Neil. I, um, no, it's, man, man, there, there's nothing, like, it's, they just, I don't know, it's just, it's striking a balance that I just, you, you have these crazy action scenes, yeah. and then you have these slow scenes that aren't. But they're not overdone for, like I feel they were in Golden For Sun. For the most part, are yeah. not overdone. It, it's a very interesting, it's a very yeah. nice dive into these characters. And maybe it's, it's an advantage of it being the third book, right. where we know these characters. I love these characters. I... And it's the, it really is, it's Man. it's almost like the old school, like Civil War brothers where one fought for the North and one fought yes. for the South. Yes. Oh, one's a, one's okay. a prisoner now, but he's in my prison camp, so I'll go sit down and have a drink with my right. brother. And yeah, we can I talk, right. we can talk about when we were slavery, kids. And this is fought over slavery. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, oh. interesting. Cool. <laughs> cool. Sorry, Luke. You're okay, you're good. So on to chapter 51, Pandora. Pandora, Victor calls the crew. What's in the box? She caught Antonio. Oh, actually, no, no, here it is. Um, Victor calls the crew to the asteroid belt where she has taken back the Pandora. Oh, look, now mm. they're in the belt. Oh. Uh, okay. uh, so anyway, Vic, Victor is back uh, yeah. with the family ship. Yep, right. Yep. Uh, the Pandora... How do you and there's the there's the conversation here too about how do you know all the how do you know because she's got the the quote unquote slaves and she's got all the people right. from her house that are on the ship and how how do you know they're gonna follow you since they were following you know they were following your sister and Victor just drops the line of well I'm actually the true heir yeah <laughs> you know what I didn't really I mean we've had all these moments coming up to this of like uh, Victor we can't trust Victor Victor we can't trust Victor <laughs> Victor we can't trust Victor oh yeah we can Victor we can't trust Victor oh yeah we can all of a sudden like Victor's in power oh can we trust Victor right. <laughs> and is and Antonia's here and they throw her in a cell and she's just as sneaky a bitch okay as so oh let's let's just God. keep moving into teeth because they put hands <laughs> Antonia and yeah. Thistle in cells next to each other, and that chapter fifty-two teeth. Oh, oh my god! Oh. They turn they turn up the heat in the cells, and you have this great. Well, they give them the ultimatum. The ultimatum. They get the, one, yeah. the one the one who talks to us about ba about information and battle plans gets to live. Yeah, yeah. whoever sells out the, the jackal the most. Yes. Um, but uh, Antonia tricks Thistle into getting too close here, to the bars and grabs her hair. The rest of them do think of this. My, uh, skull in. This chapter is kind of where my problem starts to happen. Oh, what's going on? A little what's bit. Going on here, Luke? So Darrow and Cassia spent all night staying up, drinking whiskey, and watching these hollow vids from the Institute. Yeah, everybody sobers up real quick. In yeah, this I actually, I, I, have a note, I have a note written down. Why isn't Darrow still drunk? <laughs> True. Like I, like I have accidentally, like you know. <laughs> Had a beer at like nine o'clock and then like kind of woken up and like, oh, work's gonna be tough today. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Like I, I just, I don't know. He's carved. Maybe he has a super liver. A super liver. Yeah. Super carved. Maybe there's liver. Like maybe it. there's something you can like plug into. Maybe there's some you know yeah. some sort of like weird and, IV. They, that they've you invented can take. the pill that you can just take yeah. and it wipes it out. I don't know. The new second liver. Just plug in. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah. Chapter fifty two teeth. Yeah. Uh, Thistle is about to just spill her guts, and Antonia knows it. Yeah, and she kills her she in just the grossest way ever. It is, it is <laughs> by, awful. by grabbing her head and beating her against yeah, the bars. Yeah, just pulling her by the hair and like bashing her head into the bars until it cr crushes and in her skull. If you don't remember, I mean, Thistle was a howler. Yes. Yeah. 
So she, I mean, she's she's tough. Uh, but then they open this. Victor goes down there and goes ape on Antonia and breaks her face, which is fitting because Antonia goes for looks, and so you're gonna break her where mm. where you. And I took this. I, I I took this beating when she throws throws uh, Antonia down here and just beats her face and. This is a throwback to Daryl beating Julian. Mm. I thought he, I thought she was going to die. I thought right. she was just going to yeah, be I, dead. Yeah. Because mm. yeah. remember, that's that's how Daryl killed, killed Julian, Julian in yeah. the first book. Yeah, in the passage. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. That, that would be kind of cool. Could have been. Yeah, I, guess I, I, was, I was going more for uh, Antonia being a very shallow person. Oh, yeah. That's being what I was. very proud of her so looks. you wreck her face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they walk, yeah. and like Vic, they pull Victor off her, and Victor like picks teeth out of her knuckles. Oh, God. So gross. <laughs> Hence teeth. Yes. <laughs> it's just disgusting. Okay, chapter uh, 53, silence. They, they do. Uh, they go back to Thistle's ship in the end of 52, mm-hmm. and they find that she had like kept her wolf cloak. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, oh, that's yeah. sad. Like, I mean, she was... Like, she betrayed them. She did but, betray them, but, like, she wasn't, like, all bad. Yeah. And she was going to help them. And There's uh, a lot of sadness so in these chapters. Um, but on to 53, silence. Octavia's yes. scepter armada is the big one. Bigger than the sword. <laughs> There's one moment I just wanted to go back to. Sorry. Oh, what's that? Right before silence. Just another quote. Mustang at the very end of that last chapter. Unless we change the paradigm. How many times can we change the paradigm throughout this book? Well, we're going to change the paradigm. Okay, we're going to change, we're gonna the, change paradigms the paradigm again. Yeah. Well, we're out number three to one. We're going to change the paradigm. <laughs> again. We do always change paradigms. You've been changing it the whole book. Yeah. And yet you still true. never say what your plan is ever. <laughs> this is true. Uh, uh, all right, so Octavia's giant scepter armada, bigger and better than the sword, mm-hmm. um, they'll be out numbered three to one. Yes. Um, so again, like what you said, they need to shift the paradigm. I had again. that written in my notes. Uh, <sighs> Darrow and Holiday have a little talk. Um, um, they are well. I feel like these are really well written character development points. Mm. Well, uh, I love the fact that this on. this little talk between Darrow and Holiday. You know, Darrow's sitting on the bridge, just kind of watching stuff. Holiday comes in, like I just see her like sitting down, sitting on the floor, and just she likes a doobie. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing is, though, I actually, this is part of the book, though, where I kind of got a little tired. I'm like, yeah. And just, just because she starts talking about cornfields and everything, and I'm like, okay, Holiday's been here with us for a while, but man, 100 pages from the end of this book, I really don't care to be sitting with Holiday's. Smoking a spliff and talking about cornfields. Oh, yeah, we grew up in corn, and my brother never wanted to leave the corn, but I knew he was going to come and with me, and I always of, wanted to leave the corn. It's kind of throwaway. It's almost like, hey, we actually know nothing about Holiday. Let's get her moment in here. And I was, I just, it just kind of fell a little forced in here. And I, I know, didn't care. I don't. I didn't care. Um, we, we don't live in cornfields. Yeah. But I feel like if I did, I would get this. Right, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, maybe it's a throw. Actually, I should, maybe, maybe should ask my brother in law. Like he's from down near Iowa. There you go. Well, and this um, is the moment of, this is the, again, like you said, Bob, this is, we haven't, we haven't really, we don't really know Holiday other than just being the gray fighter. Killer. That's, that's the with gray, them, yeah. And then, and so, hey, we need, we need a quick moment and, we did a quick moment to, you know, make her human and make her relatable. And right. I figured right away, I'm like, oh God. 
She's dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we humanize her so we'll feel when she dies. Exactly. Uh, but I do like this description of the, and it, it is a little bit. It did drag for a few yeah. moments, but I just took this as the yeah. It I, wasn't. Much, I just took this as the throwaway scene of oh yeah, Sulu's got a husband and a kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. Going to that. Okay. okay. With Sulu, husband and kid thought, and <laughs> you know they talk about um, what should we call it? Trig. Oh yeah. He has the fiance Ephraim. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, he is. He's also one of the narrating chapters in Iron Gold. Oh, okay. Oh, so he's, he's one of the yes. Oh, okay, okay. So Trig's he... husband, or fiance, comes in. He's the gray on that one picture. Oh, okay. And see, that's yeah. one of the, the things. One, yes. that's, so that's one of the a... things that I really liked. I have no, I mean, I have no problem whatsoever with Trig being gay. Yeah, right. We've oh, seen, God, no. we, we've seen that things are, you know, uh, that uh, relationships are fluid in this society and oh, things yeah. are going Definitely. on. Nobody cares. This right down to the, if it doesn't work out, they'll just genetically modify you to take the seed. Of yes. It. <laughs> Pierce, Pierce, this could have been, uh, no, this is a compliment to Pierce because this could have, he could have heavy handed this. Yeah. Like some this was, there's moments to do correct. this. Correct. Uh -huh. this, this, yeah. this is just character development talking about, oh yeah, that's this, that's that. It could have been very heavy handed and it True. wasn't. And I appreciate mm -hmm. the fact that it wasn't heavy handed. I agree. I agree. You know, you know, I, I think it's it speaks more to like, the maturity of the time mm -hmm. like you know it, it's you can either have a piece like this where it is you know constantly hammering home what is going on between same-sex couples or transgendered couples and, and it doesn't whatever and really I, I just, to it, me it doesn't matter right and f to read something where it like and where it's trying to like hammer that home, I don't need you to because to me it doesn't matter. So for, for something like this, like to where a future much like the future that we are yeah. going towards, right. where it doesn't matter. Right. So it would be just a dropped yeah. line that nothing is made much of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You make it normal by yeah, it being trig, normal in trig conversation. Was, trig was engaged to a dude yeah. and nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. that, that, that is that is like what the future is going to be. Right, right, right. And, at, at any rate. But I do like to point out that in the future society that... They still have corn. Same, they still have corn. <laughs> they still have corn. <laughs> um, Same-sex same -sex couples are really okay. Yeah, right. Heaven forbid we mix the races. No, no, no. You genetically cannot. Yeah, it's genetics. Uh, Which is going to come up later. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> we already have. book two. Are we getting to Jackal? The Jackal broadcasts a message, though, of him shooting Uncle Merrill. I mean, we that was executing yeah, Uncle Merrill. Executing him, right? Mm -hmm. um, panic. Low colors see this video. Which is finally... which. It, it, this happened weeks ago. Right. Yeah. yeah. Storyline. They, they just finally get be. They just Jamies. finally get beyond Sorry. the jamming signal to where they can yeah. pick up signals from the core, and this comes blaring through. Oh yeah. God. Who who saw this? Everybody. Oh my God. Yeah. God. The low colors all see this video, and they want to take down the golds. Uh, Pierce does an interesting thing of balancing, kind of on a knife's edge, I think. Um, this idea that the low colors have been in this place for so long that they actually do things sometimes that are almost against their best interests, right? He almost paints them sometimes as the mindless masses, mm -hmm. you know, who which see they this, would be. which they, they, would. Which they yeah, would be. Well, again, you know? again, it's the, the, the human being as an individual is a very intelligent thing. Yeah. The human being as a human beings group as entity. a group yeah. entity. Yeah. What's that? Uh, mob, mentality. Mob, mob mentality. Yeah. 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 
And I like how he balances this, where, like, the very thing we're fighting to save here, you know, let's liberate all these people, but they're all acting like complete twits right now. Yeah. You know? Um, yes, twits. Uh, twits, that's what I'd say. Yeah, so this kudos <laughs> to the Jackal, though, for knowing what could cause problems. Yes. Yeah. You give him credit for his whole... He's got his little back pocket plan still anyway. The gold, we love Nero. The golds killed Nero. Screw all the golds. Even yeah. the ones we fought beside. Yep. Yeah. And while this causes the riots in the fleet as they're going to like our final battle here and as we're in the final section I, okay, of the so book. Who's I, the leader of I, this uprising right I now? I did, but one thing, I did take a different tactic. As I'm oh. looking at my notes, I forgot that I even, I even did this. Um, but that video of shooting of Uncle Nero being shot, yeah. Pierce... Br- does this thing where where the low colors kind of lose their crap and totally fall apart. I actually saw it the other way, is that this should galvanize them. In fact, what I have written in my notes, because I was kind of forgetting what I was thinking at this point, it says, this video should galvanize the low colors resolve to take down the jackal together with the high colors that fight with them. I feel that this part of them falling apart is just thrown in to make the jackal look smart and to add a needless twist towards the climax. Well, he got me that was kind of ham-fisted. And see, I went with, I I understood this Uh because I went along the lines of well, again, the society we live in today, yeah. we have different groups and di- different things happening in the Middle East and different places around the world where they broadcast the YouTube, they broadcast the videos of beheading Americans. Right. And you have a certain section of the population that is galvanized by that. And the, and the other, other section, section that goes screw no it's everybody yeah. it's ev- right. it's all of the it's all of these people that yeah, are right. that we need to and with right. that yeah, yeah. the reason why call. I yeah. think you're hit the nail on the head yeah. there is the one who's leading this whole uprising is Sethi. Mm-hmm. Look at the obsidians. How much experience have they actually had with golds? Uh, they're gods. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're they gods. think they're gods at that point. So they still have And now they've been slammed with realization that they're not. And they still haven't really experienced all the good things about some of these golds yet. Right. Whereas Nerl, so he was out. one of that lore ones, so they're lashing on anything that still so ties into this, which is why she's leading into 54. Let's go into goblin 54. And yeah, Goblin yeah. and the Gold. What's going on here? Sephi's leading this angry crowd. And she's hanging them on a walkway on the ship. I couldn't get it out of my mind. For some reason, all I could see was Star Trek Deep Space Nine. The place she's standing yes. and hanging them was Deep Space I, Nine. I, 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 I don't I, know why. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. I had the hanger from Pacific Rim. Okay. Well, oh, there, you go. there you go. Nice. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I think I even saw, like, Odo standing around here as this was happening oh, in the crowd. Yes. <laughs> Is he on a Pop-Tart? Yeah, the promenade. They're on the promenade. Yes, yeah, he's hanging people. But yeah, they're on the promenade. They're throwing golds off the balcony. Oh, this is mm. horrible. Mm. And they have cat. And they, somebody's gone and gotten Cassius. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Severo grabs Cassius and throws him off the edge with a noose around his neck. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and because Darrow's trying to like listen to me, listen to me. No, we can have peace. We can have peace. And finally, Severo says, "Screw this!" Flies up there and goes, "All right, I'm with you." Yep. And well, first off, I, I have no has, idea what's going on. He has, he has snuck off prior to uh, Darrow and gang going there, and he has went off and gotten his... Uh, uh, Ares helmet. Ares helmet. Yep. He flies down wearing the Ares, Ares helmet. He gives this big, grand old speech, like, who is this man? He's a murderer. What do we do with murderers? We kill them. Yeah, we do. And he kicks them off the... Yep. The and then ledge. we get the whole explanation of how, you know... We're in space. We're in a ship. The gravity's not quite there. Plus, the golds are a little stronger. A little stronger, so they they choke to death. Yeah, they suffocate rather than their neck snapping when they're hung like this. Well, okay. So I have a big kind of 
weird issue with this. Yeah, because I get this. Chapter 55 tries to make up for this moment, and I don't know if this works up that well. Because literally, like, Severo does a swan dive off of this bridge. He's a backflip. Backflip off of it. Yeah, he th- you throw, are, he, you he, are freaking dead. He throws he throw, because strangulation does not kill you when you hang yourself in this manner. Your neck snaps, and there is nobody mm. who would live through this. I don't care that you're gold, because it doesn't matter that they've no, carved like, uh, you. Your, your neck snaps, and then you suffocate because you can't save yourself. If your neck snaps, if your neck, snaps, they're not. Yeah, they're not walking it, again. It, it's the nerves. Yeah. but they've talked about the whole thing about how they try to make up for fifty-five by saying that that yeah, uh, if he had been a bit heavier, his neck would have broken. Yeah. I just put whatever. Like what I feel again is well, that what's this. Your, explain it. What's your what's your problem? My problem is that uh, there should have been enough force on the back foot. Both of them should neck. be dead. What's Cassius should be dead. Several should be dead. And so should have every other gold that was hanging. Yes. The other one. Everybody should be dead. The other no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're saying let, all let's, let's do if yeah. we'll, we'll we'll put this uh, yeah. equation up here. If the gravity is strong enough to kill the golds who just fell, yeah. Then, um, but they if, choked to death. They choked to death. The difference is though. No, no, no. no we, okay, what, what are we saying here? So if, everybody should be. So dead, if right? se- if Severo, if Severo does a backflip, yeah, that doesn't make him hit the ground any harder. Yeah, yeah, it does he doesn't hit the ground. No, I mean, it doesn't make him hit the rope any harder. Yeah, it does. N- why? When you jump versus when you're pushed? Because you're adding an extra bit. height up a to yourself. A little bit. I kind of, I kind of, doesn't matter. We, we already, we already maybe, have. Maybe he, maybe he we already have less. the grav boots a little bit. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we, yeah, we, no we, all, we already have less gravity. Because the golds who were just pushed didn't Does not. it say that there's less gravity? Well, the yeah. golds who were the pushed, goals? it does say they suffocated. They yeah. did not they, have they didn't, right. actual Yeah, break. no, their, their necks didn't break. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't make a difference if you step off or if you jump off. Gravity is only... Gravity is gravity. It, it doesn't... Well, yeah, but I, the jump... The jump... The, the backflip off would what push I'm, you with more what force. What I'm saying is Pierce Brown... No, because you're already... You're, you're, you're already putting more force into the action rather than... What, I, what I'm saying is Pierce Brown... Pierce Brown has made a mistake here. What no, he did... He no. made a, He made a mistake here oh, in no. physics. And le- no. Yes. Unless, unless he says that, that gravity is different. People die, and usually nearly instantly, when they would do the trap door and they would drop because their neck would snap. Mm-hmm. If otherwise they had a method where they would spin them off so that they would just hang, that's when they'd hang forever and strangle, which yeah. is what he describes here. So you're either to assume that these guys weren't really pushed off, that they were just dropped out, which is not what is told to us, right? Mm-hmm. To me, and this is me pulling this out of the book, Pierce wants to always have this like, oh my god, oh my god moments. So he's going to have Severo do something incredible, right? To make us all go, oh my god, he put a rope around his neck and he jumped, which is an oh my god moment. And then he shoves kind of a crap line in chapter 55 about, oh, if you were a little heavier, it would have broken your neck. No. No, it, that, like this is just now not realistic. You're just doing things now no, I, I, to I, be I, dramatic. I, I, and I, I, I not sit here. Yeah, you're, you're all wrong. I didn't wrong. say it. Defend I didn't that. Say no I, I have, I have already, and then you guys just jumped in and told me that I was wrong. How how would that not snap your? So neck? so e- either, either yeah, the golds who were pushed off and hit yeah, either the gold spine is stronger and they yeah. suffocated to death yeah, or. There's less gravity here, and you can't actually be hung right. here, yeah. like, just like Mars. So the two of us are taking different uh, 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 
approaches to this. Yes. You are giving the book the benefit that either there's lower gravity or their necks are strong no, enough and, and to it, maintain it. And it, it. it did say, it That's said what it says about, in the next chapter. About the golds who were there, how they had looked like they were like battered to death or something, like they, they, they were not actually hung to death. Right. That's what I'm saying. The justification comes in the like, next like they, chapter. They, they, chapter 55 is where he says that they're... That is that serious? Like, you have this big issue just with a chapter? Is that is that what this is coming from? Like, I don't yeah. get it. No, because you're saying 55, 55 just tries to rectify entirely what he'd already done. Yeah, all I'm saying is there's a big showmanship thing, kind of edge of your seat thing that happens in 54. Okay. That he tries to ham-fistedly justify in 55. I'm just saying oh, no, 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 that I, he I, probably shouldn't have done it the way he did it, especially with Severo jumping off of the mm. thing for kind of a little Severo moment, because it... For me, and this is again, we always talk about how this is personal. Yes. Okay. For me, this again pulled me out of me going, okay, this just doesn't seem realistic. Like, this should have broken a person's neck. And maybe it's because also in my day job, I kind of go through a lot of um, real world stories about people who are hung and, and, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah you, go through, you go through a lot of stories about people who are hung on spaceships. Well, yes. no, that's what, that's what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> that's, what, that's, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. we don't know. Yeah, that, but that's what I'm saying is that for me personally, okay. then when I see somebody hung, whether it be in space, on a spaceship or wherever, that I'm like, well, this should snap their neck. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying is that for me, this little part pulled me out and I was like, eh, this is just done for climax. Okay. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But All right. So, but great. <laughs> but can we, can we just agree regardless of the physics? Yeah. It's cool. It's a neat speech. It's, it's a yeah, neat it's, scene. It's neat. Cool. It's cool. It's a, it, it's a neat scene. S the fact that Severo is actually the one to make this, to step up and make the speech here. Right. You know, that's a big He's coming thing. into his own. And what does it lead to? What does it lead to? The that hammer coming out. It, him <laughs> Severo and Victoria get married. Yes. <laughs> Severo, you know, quote unquote, or trying to sacrifice Sorry. himself. All of a sudden that makes Victor realize that she does really love him. And we get this whole, like, we, we get this whole big chunk where it was the <laughs> reason. The juices. The, the, the reason Severo was so upset after they went off and talked to each other before the last battle mm -hmm. was she dumped him. Right. She called him an idiot, yeah. yeah. An idiot. And yeah. Him. yeah, she dumped it. We're not going to bang anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I even took uh, this whole them, them getting engaged thing was more than that. It was he explained it because he already knew yeah. what the plan was and what he was going to have to do mm -hmm. in this next part. Right. And, and I guess, you know, uh, going through up until the end of the book where it's like, well, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to let him kill me because it's for the better part of this plan and she's like well we're getting married then <laughs> right. yes I, I i'm not gonna live through my life and not having married several obarka you know, <laughs> i was i want you and uh, your weird eyes and your weird eyes <laughs> weird <laughs> you and daryl's eyes so we, so we go to the wedding and i love the she wedding scene. kind of always loved daryl so she's getting his eyes yes. she can look into his eyes yes <laughs> nice <laughs> really like weird i like that it's really disgusting. that's, that's, that's been completely I forgotten really in this yeah, yes it has no it is not i remember it, no in this podcast yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, in this side of the podcast yeah. um so yeah so i like and i like the wedding scene it was sweet yeah. it was oh, a little you know it was needed pierce pierce yeah, yes I pierce agree. does this whole thing where we have these big huge these big huge points of plot we go we we go up our plot chart we have these big huge you know mini climaxes as we're going up the rising action of the steps and then he even stuff out a little bit with a nice little scene i, I agree we had the little holiday darrow talk we had um Daryl and Cassius drinking scotch together. <laughs> now we have now we have the wedding and well and 
just the line in here of, well, weddings are usually run by the whites, but we're going to do things untraditionally, so Mickey's going to do the wedding. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think yeah. It is pretty funny. So we're down to in time during the wedding party the Jackal phones in. Yay. Yes. Yeah, but so before that in the wedding, I just want to point out here too, Victor takes his name. Several's all ready to take her name. Right. Because right. she's technically the, the higher el- house. The elder house. Yeah. The elder right, house. Right. Which and she makes goes, sense. She goes, no, my house is, that. that's not who I'm loyal to anymore. I'm loyal to you. And she takes his name. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is cool. Mm. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, the Jackal phones in and Daryl goes and talks to him along with Mustang. Um, they tell Jackal that all you need is love. Yep. <laughs> and we all get married over do, here. Do, do, Why don't you do. just come back with us? Which again is another point where all of a sudden Daryl from we go from the previous scene where Daryl and Mustang are all licked up and on the dance floor to all of a sudden we're having a completely sober conversation. Uh, right, like, right. Ten right. minutes later. Yeah. I think, I think again Pier- golds I, th- I think they have an extra. I think liver. Pierce Brown just doesn't drink a lot. So <laughs> oh, I think he does. <laughs> I don't know, maybe he doesn't. There's enough mention of liquor in these books. Uh, <laughs> uh, th- this sounds like the kind of sobering up that somebody who doesn't drink would assume. You know, I bet you he's the kind of guy who, like, would come around with everybody, like, watching Severo and all his friends drink and doesn't drink at all. Just has water. Like, he'd be, he'd be that guy. Or has the, one gla- has the one glass of, like, you know, wine and is like, all right, well, I'm good for the evening. Right. Right. So, yeah, so we have this phone call. We have this video phone call. Uh, yeah, yeah. The um, hollow call. Yeah, and then they, they, but it doesn't work out, and they eventually say, well, we're coming for you, bum, bum, bum. And Darrow hugs Mustang, I have in my notes, I I think they're finally a couple. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. Darrow hugs so. Mustang, and then and then we have a boot scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I took her into my arms, and I took what I, and and, and, and we took what Does we it wanted say, is there from a each scene? other. Is that a boot scene? Uh, yeah, because the chapter ends there with them, just the hug, with them hugging, and then he leans down to kiss her, and I held her in my arms, and we did what people do, and it's like what? Okay, <laughs> okay. So implied boots scene, implied boots, maybe uh, at the end of fifty six. Uh, so fifty seven, Luna, the fleet approaches Luna, and everybody thought they were going to Mars, so the fleet is unprepared. Well, well not every know, not every, plan is not discussed. Not everybody yeah. thought they were going to Mars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Instead of space battles, Daryl's worried. about about somebody killing Cassius during the fight. Okay, this begins my whole, like, where I don't know what's going on. Like, this totally throws me for a loop. Like, oh, I yeah. have no this, idea what's this, going this on. This completely was stupid to me. Oh, really? Until later. Yeah, until, until you find out. Right yeah. now, I'm like, what are you? Yes, okay, I understand. He's your friend. I understand. I agree. You're, you're going to go through this. We have these whole big speeches going on. Yep. About, you know, we're going to sneak him out because somebody somebody's going to kill him, and we have mm-hmm. to give him a chance to go away, and... You know, we have these lines here, and Antonio's Antonio's all messed up in the other cell. Yeah. No. Uh, what are you guys doing over there? <laughs> this book is riding a really. Hey, you guys. Yeah. This book is riding a really tight line. Where all of a sudden, like, I remember reading this, going, "What is going on? Like, why is Daryl being an idiot?" And, you know, allowing Cassius to do what he does, and he pulls out the pistol and shoots, you know, several well, in the chest. Well, I'm like. Oh my gosh! Why is everything going so wrong? Why are you? Why are? Why are okay, you're let. And I was looking at the. Is, is this the setup for the the Cass the Cassius standalone? 
Yeah. yeah right. Like is is that is that going to be the Yeah, is that going to be the side book as Cassius gets in the spaceship flies and, away, at and this then point, that's the at next this side point, book. all we know is book 4 is titled Iron Gold. We don't know who it's about. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It could easily be Cassius. That could easily be Cassius book. Yes, Cassius comes back from Tatooine after living there for many years with Daryl's child or something. <laughs> yeah. See so so my notes to reinstate the golden government. Yeah, yeah, I mean, these my notes are like written in the moment because I don't know what's coming next. But yeah, yeah I have yeah, like my or two. This battle is the culmination of everything, and we're releasing Cassius. And I'm like just going ape the Olympic night. Yeah, I, I'm going nuts. Over and this. Really, I mean, like at this point in the book, like there's not a lot of book left. Yeah, we still have a lot of crap to do. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, someone's gonna die. And we have the yeah, and, yeah, and Antonio. Well, and Severo dies. Several and then dies. and then yeah. I was ticked at that moment. Severo and then takes his gun. Because I'm like, and Severo, we didn't even get a moment with Severo. No, Severo's like, just sitting, Severo... On a, Severo's sitting on a crate after his wedding, and he gets shot in the chest. I'm like, no! Severo goes down like Boba Fett over the Sarlacc pit. And yes. I'm like, why is Severo not... This, this is very, like, and I... This is very, like, Game of Thrones. Like, oh, really? And, like, it's it's just, it's pulling me in more, like... Yeah. Well, reading this... In we retrospect, all... I see why... Uh, oh, like, why no, was nobody's, nobody's safe. Like, yeah, let's... Okay, exactly. Daryl's plan just went to pot. Yeah. Severo's dead. Like, let's just see what we can do now. And he makes sure that you you know Severo's dead. Six shots, point blank to the chest. And I think, like, I think, well, I think like coming back. three people check his pulse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like he wants to make sure. <laughs> He's dead. Everybody, he is dead, right? And how big was this box they were going to put Cassius in? I That's my next issue. Because <laughs> Cassius was, Cassius would have had plenty of room in this box considering that they put Daryl Mustang and then throw Severo's dead body on top of them into this box. I, right? I, feel, I feel like it was like a, I like a like a five foot tall. It was like almost like a a, a refrigerator box. I never yeah. thought I'd be smuggling myself. They end up shoving right because <laughs> Cassius frees Antonio. They uh, or Antonio they shove Mustang and Darrow and Severo's body into the crate and they take out for Luna chapter fifty eight the fading light. And yeah, man, my light's fading. I'm like, how are they going to get out of this? Uh, Severo's dead. Nobody's mentioning Severo's dead. Why are we not talking about? Severo? And they keep taking his body out of the box and like throwing it to the side. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, Rogue got this big moment. Why is Severo not? In retrospect, it should have been a. A signal like Severo's not really dead, but it, he just he really hammered it home that Severo, Severo is dead. dead. Yes, <laughs> Severo's dead. And I'm taking yeah. him as a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, I agree. Um, they make their approach. Aya is on the line and tells them that the whole fleet is waiting on the dark side. They knew uh, Darrow was going to attack. Oh yeah, well, Luna. the the Jackal's fleet yeah. is waiting. Yes, it's a trap. <laughs> they, they went straight for Luna. <laughs> Hoping to ignore the jackal's fleet. Yeah. Yep. But the jackals and the jackals. I mean, the jackal the is as smart as as smart as the emperor. He mm-hmm. sent the fleet to the dark side of the moon, and when your friends arrive, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, do it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's um, so they arrive. They get brought before the jackal before the emperor. Right. This is Return of the Jedi. Luke is going uh, to see the emperor. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, we, we're, 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 they, well it starts at Star Wars because somebody. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. My my notes, my notes, <laughs> yes. my notes have stopped here because I just plowed through the end of this book yeah. because it was so good. Um, where, where do they end up with the jackal? I, the jackal is going to bring them to the sovereign. Oh, does but the, first, yeah, do they go to the ship? Uh, yes. Yeah. 
But first, but first yeah. they. Oh no, no, they're on Luna. No, they, no, they, they, they land Luna. on Luna onto a like uh, a plat landing platform. Yeah, and the, the, the jackal, jackal is the jackal is there. The jackal is there, right? Okay. And, and so they they hold him out and they string Darrow out and they cut his hand off with his own razor. They make Cassius <laughs> yes. cut his hand yes. off. Yes, yes. Which is also just like just like piling all this into like this like. I'm not gonna see this coming bag that I have yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right Severo's right. in here, Daryl's hands in here, and Cassius did it. Right, um, right. Okay, let's go. Again, yeah. Keeping with the whole keeping of trophies, the Jackal takes Severo's gun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering if there's gonna be a throne room with a sovereign goading them on the whole time while him and Aya fight. To duel of the fates. Strike me, strike me down. Become more powerful than you possibly imagine. Doing. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter uh, 59, The Lions of Mars. The bunker. <laughs> yeah, the jackal's there to greet them. He wears uh, uh, He wears the... What, what do I have here? My notes are all screwed up. Um, where's the rips of Fitchner? Oh, ribs! Ribs! Yeah. The jackal wears the ribs of yeah, Fitchner. Yeah, because all, all of the jackal's army has, bone human, rib bone, has yeah. human rib bones stitched into the outside right. of their armor. And he's wearing his father's... Or he's wearing... A, the original areas he's throwing yeah. several father's ribs. Yeah, which yeah, that's right. That's why I was off on my timing. Last episode is when I opened with call, saying that you wore a ribcage corset. That's uh, where this came from. <laughs> I thought that was because there was something about Seffi's mother having a ribcage like chair or something. Yeah, like, yeah no, it's from this part okay. where they're wearing ribs. Whatever. On there. There's a lot whatever. of ribs. Whatever. Okay. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of ribs. There's ribs everywhere. It's rib night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're gonna be taken before the sovereign. Uh, Sixty. Yeah, and we'd already talked about this, the whole, like, the taking off the hand and everything. So let's go to the dragon's This maw. great toothy maw swallows yeah. them. Yes, they got, which is, you know, you know, the president's bunker. Yeah, Shh. right. The, yeah, president, the president's bunker from, like, 70 years ago. Because yeah. <laughs> they do make mention about how this is, like, a hundred-year-old technology or something is, like that. It's true. Uh, Lysander is, good, is there, uh, which you say Lysander is kind of a big deal in the next book. Yeah, he's one of the four. One of the four that you follow, yeah. Lysander. Okay. And the oh. Jackal. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have large, too. Old, large control room with holograms. Well, again, stuff. if you don't remember who Lysander is, it's the Sovereign's grandson. It's also Lauren's grandson. Right. Yes. They do a lot of smug talking about how they're going to win. So that's why you know they're not. Yeah. And it's near the end of the book, so <laughs> you definitely know they're not. We're going to win. Um, yeah. We're going to win. There's all the stormtroopers around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, There's all the stormtroopers. There's a couple of the red armored Imperial guards standing there. Yeah. <laughs> I like how Antonia just bites it. I mean, yeah. Aya, Aya kills Antonia. Oh yeah, you, because of her. You ran away. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, which I love. Yeah. yeah. No, yes. I didn't. No, I didn't. I was coming. I, I had to go. I had to go to get safe information to you because I, I ran no. away to help you. We saw the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, I needed this chapter sixty-one uh, because finally the plan has been revealed. This has all been fake. And I was having so much problems throughout all of this. It really did. The, the only thing that really snuck through was it, he kind of lets it leak how the jackal is just kind of doing whatever he wants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's calling Antonia or Aya dumb and like kick back on a chair like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, wait, just a gosh darn minute here. <laughs> 
Right. You should be sucking up right now. You should be being nice. Yeah. But you're the jackal. I don't know. Let's see where this you're goes. You're Steve Bannon. Just Steve <laughs> Bannon. <laughs> I had a fight. Um, so it's all an elaborate trick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was, because at this point, I'm starting to get really ticked at Mustang, because Mustang is just being so complacent mm-hmm. in all this. I'm like, why are you not fighting? What like mm. all the characters seem to not be acting like the characters yes. are grown because yes. there's no. a plan. Because there's yes. a plan. Well, about and part, to be and part of the sovereigns, part of the sovereigns, sovereign under, realizes, and you know everybody understands that the first time, the first ex- execution of Daryl. Yeah. Well, okay. The second execution of Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> right. The first execution of Gold Daryl. Well, okay. The, was a body double. The third execution no. of Daryl. Yeah. Was, um. was, but the execution that was broadcast to the masses was of a body double. Everybody realizes it's the body double. So now she's got like, and I just picture the one like pee on gold with the with the like VHS movie camera, mm-hmm. right? In the yeah. bunker, like circling. Her. Yeah, yeah. Holding his iPhone up, like, shaking. <laughs> Boy, um, are they lucky this plan worked. Oh, so convenient that this plan worked. Man, I mean, like I, you say, your thing of like, why did they take Severo's body? Why did yeah, like there's so, a lot of yeah. why are they dragging everything they're, down? So they're the gonna ex- they're gonna execute Darrow here and broadcast it live to put down the rebellion. Right. Again. Uh, <laughs> this one should work. Uh, yeah, but uh, hey, Cassius is on their side the whole time. It was all a ruse. Uh, Mustang, Cassius, and Darrow make short work of everybody in the room except for Aya. The sovereign's on the floor with Lysander holding in her guts. Yeah, because Darrow walked up and gave her the kiss of oh death. Oh my god! Mm. Um, and the jackal is all trapped and can't move. And and then Severo comes to life. We said last podcast. Remember the snake bite. Yeah, that, that is a thing. They jab snake bite into his chest. <laughs> Boom! And he, yeah. What is it? What is it? was it? Doom? It's doom. It's doom. <laughs> it's the adrenaline shot adrenaline into your heart. Shot. And doom. And then right? you and then you go into God mode in doom. Yeah. Uh, or 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 it's Mario where all of a sudden and again that's what I heard it was that's what I heard was that was was the Mario Invincible music when they stabbed several right right um I'm sorry going back to this whole plan right so your plan which could easily be ripped apart yeah your plan is you're going to fake your best friend's death yeah you're going to go onto a ship. Yep. You're going to have all these enemies all around you, yeah. and they're going to take a weapon and not think, oh, this might not be loaded. Um, <laughs> it's a trophy. We're going to cut your hand off. Okay, that you did not foresee. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they go through with the execution where the jackal walks up to sh- or the jackal walks up to fire into Darrow's head with Severo's gun that's empty. No, it has blanks. 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 Yeah. So anyway, blanks. You. This yeah. plan has so yeah. many things that are too convenient. It is it is a Hollywood plan that yes. that is that it makes for good cinema and yeah. makes for a good climax that I'm enjoying. But it's one of those things that you literally you have to give it to the book and just be like, I'm gonna go on this ride or I'm not. But I agree. But they, they this do is one of those things that yeah, it, it, it couldn't work in the real world. But it's cool. Yeah, because the execution is originally supposed to be done by somebody else, and it's Mustang, and it's actually Cassius who kind of goads the sovereign into making. Making the jackal do it. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. It's like, oh, why would you be goading him specifically? You've got Aya right there, who knows that she's been wanting to do all. And this. I like the fact that Aya yeah. can't. Aya needs all three of them to be taken down. Yeah. Well, right. Aya is a beast. She is just a beast, and she takes pretty much. She's going to take out all three of them. And Darrow, though, 
Fighting with his left hand is still able to do very well. He does. He does well. He has lost his sword hand, and he's just fine with the opposite hand. Right. I'm sorry. I can't even write my name really with my left I, hand. I, I, I never got the idea that he was okay with his left hand. No. He, he's, 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 he's not lose. nearly as good. I feel he's like he good, lost really fast. fast. Like, all of them, they go down he's pretty getting, fast. He's getting cut off. Think, yeah, yeah. think some, but not much. Think Princess with Bride when they with start... With two other people with him. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Think Princess Bride when they start dueling with their left hands. <laughs> They're not as good with their left hands, and that's why they switch to their right hands later. Yeah. But So, you know, real swordsmen, you know, you're going to be okay with your off hand. Right, but that's also still why he's getting cut up. Maybe he and I have fought before, and it's she still has beaten him, but it's been much closer. He has never fought her before. Lauren told him never fight. Yeah, oh, that's right. We've been waiting. We've We've seen her kill Ragnar. That was it. Mm -hmm. We've been waiting for this fight, and a bunch of peons. Yeah. There, well, there's there's part of right, me that is right. disappointed that that is disappointed that it wasn't between Darrow and Aya because I've been waiting for mm-hmm. them the two who were trained by Lorne to have their yeah. final f- fight mm-hmm. and it's it's Severo that gets the kill by yes. you know screaming the f word and takes him out takes her out but I, I'm fine with it it's a nice nice twist. Um, mm-hmm. In my notes, I, I at which point the camera's still rolling on the floor somewhere. So they're getting the full live footage yes, of this. Yes, cameras on right. the floor are a wonderful. Yeah, so everybody is remember. seeing this, yeah, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. like. Um, Sixty-two. Yeah, I see. I should have known to. I, 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 in my notes, I said uh, this was a really good twist. I was fooled, and for the last three chapters, had been confused and didn't like what the characters were doing. I was ready to cut Pierce Brown apart for his terrible character choices. I should have known to trust the master. Um, so the name of the chapter is Omnis Vir Lupus, which yeah. every man a wolf is what it is. Um, yeah, they surround... We already talked to all this, right? They surrounded Aya like a cornered animal. They bring yep. her yep. down. She finally yeah. had taken uh, Yeah, But it took that many of them. Yeah, yeah I yeah. do love Severo doing that, right? And it does. I mean, I, I love that. This bad guy so bad. Oh, and during all this, yeah. during this entire fight, ja- the jackal's been staked to the floor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with just a stump trying to. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's good. Yeah. That is good. But but yeah, I is such a good sword fighter. It's what three, four of them, three of them. Yeah, three, three, yeah. and then yeah. several. Several is the one who takes her down, and then several on roids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mustang Cassius, Darrow with one hand, and several on roids or yeah. uh, future meth. Yes. Whatever it is. <laughs> yep. Cuts off her head, kicks over her body. I love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, though, I like the end of that chapter of, I feel nothing but dread because the jackal has begun to laugh. Right. I have a no. Uh, it just staked to the floor, and he's got. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I have a note here about how, like, I, I wonder if, if all the savagery being broadcast wouldn't hurt the movement. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you have all this fighting, and all of a sudden, you have just savage several jumping around. Cutting off heads and kicking over bodies mm-hmm. that some of the golds would be like, well, <laughs> maybe back to society, huh? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't know. Good point. Uh, Good point. We get to 63 silence. 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 This sec- is the second chapter. Second silence. silence. You, are, you were right, Luke. I, yeah. I knew it. That's good. I knew it. Yeah. The next silence, yeah. yeah. And Jackal's laughing. Still going yeah. with that. And what is him? Why is he laughing? What does he have because to Because the, nu- and the nukes goes. are on Luna. Yes, he's been putting yeah. nukes everywhere. Yeah. And who is in? Con- and who is it? What is it? Lilith. Uh, and we go Lilith. Lilith. Yeah. Lilith we, well, we go space. back. We go back to the. We go back to the classic. You know, if I don't make this phone call at a certain time, 
Nah, everybody's going to die. I love this because at this point, I'm like, I don't know how they're going to get out of this because the jackal, mm-hmm. the Lilith is who in orbit and has control of mm-hmm. this, right? And yeah. I'm like, oh boy. I mean, I'm looking at the thin amount of pages left. I'm like, how are we getting through this? Okay, yeah. okay I have a problem with this. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get how they resolve this problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's like I, I, I have an implant in my ear, and if anything happens to me, and then they like they beat him up, and then like they're still able to like stop it. I'm like, oh. if I give the order, and he gives an order, and one of the nukes goes off, yeah, and then he goes to give another order, and Cipro jumps on him and rips his tongue out with his bare hands. Yeah, you're not giving any orders now. Or Daryl. 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 Yeah, yeah Daryl. So basically what I got happens oh, wow. is Daryl... Which again, is this, is this still... Are we still broadcasting? I think so. <laughs> I don't know. So Daryl cuts out his tongue. No, Daryl rips out his rips tongue. Rips out his tongue. Full on, yeah. And, and, and just resigns himself to millions will die at this point. Mm-hmm. And radios his ships, take out but Lilith's I, ships. Millions die in the interim. It, 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 is, it is okay. I do like that he... Yeah. This whole he disarms the jackal of his most powerful weapon, his tongue. Yes, his silver bit. tongue. Yeah, and yeah, and so th- we get here, and they, hey, we need to get the sh- we 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 need to blow Lilith out of the sky essentially right, right. before she can kill anymore, and she keeps setting off nukes, and we finally get through to the Ash Lord. Yeah, right. Who's on one of the Sovereign's ships. Yeah. Hey, buddy, you wanna stop? Well, the reason he's the Ash Lord is he is the one who. Took out who took Rhea. out Rhea? Yeah. Yes. He is the one who dropped the bombs that killed the that killed everybody on Rhea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we have this. Mo- that's why he's called the Ash Lord. Right. And yeah. so we have this again. We have a, 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 a human moment him. from a gold who shouldn't be human. Right. I agree. Yeah. So into weird. chapter sixty four. Chapter sixty four. Hail. Uh, both sides turn on Lilith's ship, the Line of Mars. Uh, she set off a total of twelve nukes by that time. Um, How much can the moon take? I don't know. I mean, 12, thir- what were they, 30 megaton nukes? 30 megaton nukes. Uh, pff, I don't know. What was Hiroshima? Two? <laughs> two. Two, two, two megaton nukes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean. Uh, I, I, you know, and I, I don't know, but I mean, you know, at this point, the, the center of the moon is reinforced by this base that's down there. You know, I don't. Whatever. It's science fiction, you guys. Let's keep going. (laughs) And with that, though, and this is an issue that Bob and I had near the end of this, after after Lysander talks to the Ash Lord and all these other... uh, Yeah, the Ash Lord doesn't do it until Lysander tells him to. And this is... Lysander, he Lysander, Lysander? Lysander. 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 Well, one of the things he does, he goes and grabs the scepter, and he doesn't give it to Darrow. He gives it to Mustang. Yeah. I didn't catch that the first time through. No, because I that was an issue okay. we kept talking about. Is yeah. well, Mustang's in charge. Well, he gave it to her. He gave it to her. So that's where part of the power out of the mouths of yeah. babes. Yeah, yeah. with um, the blood of his grandmother. And this is what you were talking hands. about, Claude, is where she walks out. Uh, you know, with a scepter in one hand. Great painting, by the way, online of this yeah. moment. Oh God! Yeah. Uh, a scepter in one hand, Octavia's head in the other. Yeah, but we don't know it's Octavia's head. No, no, yeah. no. We don't. It's just she walks out with the scepter in one hand and her hands full. Is yeah. how it's referred. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, her hands full with all she needs to rule 
society. Yes. Yeah. And so, like and they just walk over to the Senate building where all the senators have been locked in. And she takes the podium and with it, it's power. <laughs> yeah, and I love how people see her, see her with what she has in her hand. I'm like, why are these guys opening the doors? Yeah, there's this yeah. parting like the Red Sea. <laughs> like, Go ahead. Yeah. 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 That's all you. So, and then we get into the Senate. She gets into the Senate. The she Senate stands on the podium like, and she whips the head out in front of her and is like, this is how power changed last time, bitches. Yeah, right. <laughs> the Senate is like mid-election into like just electing somebody else because they're like, I don't know what's going on, but this sucks. So who wants to be in charge? And right. she comes in. It's me. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> I'm in charge. Which brings up the point. When was it discussed that she would take power? This in, this entire series, Darrow and her have had a less than... I mean, we've talked about how close they are, and then they're fighting, and then she doesn't trust them, and Victor doesn't trust her, and, and they're constantly kind of at odds and never coming together. And all of a sudden, in Darrow, the character we've been following this entire time, in his moment of triumph, it's Mustang who takes the head, the scepter, and takes the power. Darrow would have always chosen her. And Darrow, and Darrow always explains, and he's constantly explaining, and people are constantly... He is that the was the jackals. That was one of the jackals things, too, about, so how the hell are you going to lead? Right. How are you going to run the gut? You're a warrior. Warriors don't run right. good governments. Right. And so she comes in, she throws, and looks at all the senators and essentially pulls the, you know, bend the knee. And everybody right. just kind of looks at each other for a minute. And then Daryl walks out front and bends the knee, and Cassius, fine, their little group no. starts right. out. And then the rest of the senators, except for like 12, yeah. do it. Right. Daryl's the sword, she is the scepter. Right. Yes. You know, I really feel like at this moment, though, there's. Fifty some in there, and most of them are pro are peerless scarred who've gone through the institute and that. Yeah, there's only three of them. Yeah, they must really be into. They're honor. old politicians. <laughs> They're really into honor. They might be, but even old politicians or old in general in this age, I don't know how their fighting skills are. Yeah. That is true, but and, and that was you know how society yeah. changed hands last time. I almost feel like we've reached kind of the probably the breaking point after all these nukes have gone off. It's said that. Her ship was taken out by both sides. It's almost like they're resolving themselves to stop this war. Like, this is it. Like, okay, even if we hate you, Mustang, we're going to let you take the... We'll let you take the throne at this point. And, we're done fighting. And unlike many unlike many stories like, like this, whether it's, you know, Maze Runner, Hunger Games, um, uh, any dystopian stories where that government is thrown out, is thrown down... You can't change Rome in a day. No, you can't. No. And you have to have some sort of government while you're working on changing the nuances of the government. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pierce Brown makes me tear up again. Damn you, Pierce Brown. Uh, they they hang the jackal and nobody pulls his feet. Yes. And Darrow leads Mustang forward and she whispers something something to the jackal and then pulls his feet, mm -hmm. showing him, because she wants to give a signal to him that even in the end he was loved. Yeah. Like, You're uh, still my brother. <laughs> uh, uh, I love that part. Way that, to go, Pierce Brown. That, and that, I hate you at the same time. That didn't get me, but uh, <laughs> the, the, the epilogue is coming up here. <laughs> I so have was, problems with the epilogue. I have so huge 64 problems with the epilogue. I, I, I didn't. And now yeah. we get to 65, the veil. Let's get to the veil. Yeah. Uh, in the aftermath, uh, much of the fleet is uh, turned towards Mustang, right? The Ash yep. Lord re retreats to Mercury. Mm -hmm. A few uh, I, Which I want to see Mercury, because Mercury's a really hot planet close to the sun. It must just be hell over there. You know what you should do? <laughs> 
What's that? Read Iron Gold. Okay. Read <laughs> Iron Gold. You could. Uh, what's that? Uh, what's that game? Sorry. That multiplayer game came out by Bungie. Destiny. Destiny. You can play Destiny because there is a re-terraformed version of of Mercury. So look, there's options. Really? They no, no, no. Mercury. No, uh, Mercury was it, it. It is said to have been a very Earth-like planet uh-huh. that lost its ozone mm-hmm. layer and fried. Oh wow. Yes. So it's might have just Maybe. been given an ozone layer again. I don't know. At any rate, we ozoned it. <laughs> it's just it's just like Argentina everywhere all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's like the Bahamas. Yeah, it's like the Bahamas. Brazil. Yeah. yeah. Brazil. So here in the Vale, though, the thing that I like, and it actually sets up for Iron Gold, because now I can actually talk about some of these things. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Uh, two characters go off together. And it's like how Claude was saying, well, like, the old like, man comes like, from Tatooine with the like, young child. Mm-hmm. Well, he does come with the young child. He comes with the grandson of all Lysander these Lysander and Cassius. Lysander and Cassius yeah. go off. I do like adventures. And I like that idea. I like that idea because they do go over the whole discussion of you kill the entire house. You never leave anybody from the house left to come get revenge later, which is a very medieval idea. Right. And true. And so that's why Cassius takes Lysander and says, We're not going to kill him. I will protect him. Right. Yeah. And they have this nice little bond that plays off into Iron and Gold, which is set 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's some really great moments mm-hmm. there right. between. When you saw that they already had, they've already had this bond yes. in the years coming up, where Cassius was the Olympic mm-hmm. knight and working yep. so close with the sovereign. And so he's kind of he he's been kind of like you know rough. He's been kind of like rough Uncle Cassius to this kid <laughs> growing up. A little bit, yeah, because yeah. they also go into some flashbacks when you get oh. tired mm-hmm. about that and the oh, exact cool. moments cool. where they actually talk about some of those things where. There's a really nice background scene there. Okay. Well, Mustang and Darrow end up going to Earth, and they sit on the someplace in the Pacific Northwest, discuss mm. trust and how Mustang needed to be sure of Darrow before she. Are we in Seattle or home. Vancouver? I'm pretty sure it's Seattle. I yes. saw Seattle. <laughs> I saw. I saw Seattle. <laughs> Um, uh, and Dar- that she had to be sure of Daryl before she opened up and followed him, and a shuttle lands. Big reveal. It carries Darrow's mother and his son, who he named Pax, or who she named Pax. Yes. Hmm. I really, uh, honestly, this just got me because it was like, Darrow's life is such a crap storm mm-hmm. of everything. And like, at the end of it here, at, at, he gets something good. Right. Something that he initially thought he'd been totally missing out on. Right. Um... He he earned this. This was like almost like his reward and right. sacrificing his entire his entire existence right. to save a bunch of people who don't even he, don't no, know no, him. Yeah, probably won't all. care about him. Right, that's awesome. My initial reading of this, Luke, I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. And Bob, you can speak to this as well. Yeah. You bring the as a parent, you bring this. I'm not even a parent. I'm I know, just, but yeah, no, right. but I'm just an older brother, and I'm like, yeah. oh my god, I just closed the book. And went, oh. Yeah, and I'm just saying, my initial reading of this was, oh yes, and you know, we've come full circle now from where you know Eo died pregnant. Right. Yeah. And now we've mm-hmm. come full circle to where he really has his family. He really has all this. And I closed the book, and I went to bed, and I woke up the next morning, and I was taking a shower, and I went, "Wait a minute, <laughs> I want I want to see if what you think is what I thought then after this." All yeah. right, old guys, let's see. What yeah. was no? There was a whole big thing about how Severo's mom had to be specially carved in order to take the gold seed as a red. Yeah. 
Was that part of his carving? Yeah. Was all of a sudden he's been given? Yeah. Okay. I I was he, like he was flawlessly carved. Does he still not have? I'm like, was it? Was it's it? Should there still? It's should gold. should? Yeah. Right. <laughs> that, that, seat is red. Gold. It's gold. What? If the seat, seat is, is red, red, you need to see somebody. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but no, that was sorry, that was my issue. Is I'm like, okay, but then. I never thought of that. And then I that is not what I got. And then no, I, I overthought. <laughs> and then I completely overthought this and started going to okay. So is this Padme hiding her pregnancy? Right. Right. Um, and also, yes, he yes he would have been carved to have, yeah, gold seed. <laughs> Right. But he legitimately does not have his own eyeballs. Is anymore. that is that legitimately right. still is is it then really his child? Oh. Because it, it, how much of his DNA? He's gonna be like it comes up in iron gold. How much? <laughs> how much? How much of how much of uh, really? really First how, of all, it good. comes up in Dark Age where yes, we find no. us and everything goes no. to heck. You yes. <laughs> really, how much of his? You know, oh, again, way overthinking it here. But how much yeah, of his DNA is actually really left in there? To where is it? How, how much of his his child oh, is wow. that really? That, that, that's really a nature versus nurture kind of argument. Yes. There. Wow. Not that there's anything wrong with it still being. His Prob- probably definitely none because they do talk about how the colors have different genetics and that is really why they can't reproduce together. Right. Or if you look at the time frame too, isn't wouldn't that have been somewhere weird in the time frame where is it his kid or is it Cassius's kid? No, it was his. <laughs> no, I'm not even gonna question that because back it was if you go the nine months, it was right at where Actually, yeah, the rain happened. Yeah, they yeah. had a boot scene right before that. Whereas the months before that was where Cassius was, and she left him. Before. Yeah, it was actually. So the, I have no issues with knowing okay, who's kid. I'll buy that. Yeah, I'll the, buy the, the timeline. The, the no time issue. frame was. So, I'm still. I'm. I'm still confused about the genetics, but I'll buy the timeline. The, okay. the time frame was so close that I actually questioned it for a second. But I they, might they, not they know agree. much about this book, but I've got the timeline almost down. Okay, so human pregnancies take nine months. I know. It says nine months after the lion's reign. I'm gonna go. Did they say that Golds did five? No, all the a bunch <laughs> of the other colors changed, but the gold yeah. were kept pure and it was stated. Okay, the I don't want to go. do like another hammer of Karis moment, <laughs> but to me, okay, we have followed Darrow this entire time. He has seen <laughs> yeah, he has he has seen his wife die. He had to pull her legs. He has mm-hmm. been the the beginning of this entire thing. He has been in darkness and tortured and carved, and we have been struggling with Darrow this entire time and the entire time what has made me irritated is how him and Mustang cannot communicate and this relationship just does not seem to work out right and I've even felt in this book Mustang is in some ways pushed to the back in some ways I'm I'm, I'm actually surprised yeah. at how little Mustang there is in yeah, this I'll buy that. and then all of a sudden at the end of this book what I don't like is basically she shows up with a kid and says I have been like waiting for you to I've been I didn't want to tell you about my about your son because I've been waiting to see if you're going to be a father figure for him because of what you're doing right now you know and all of that kind of stuff which on the surface makes sense 
right? She's he's, doing the. Ex- he's literally a warlord, so okay. she's doing the exact same thing. She gets all up on her mighty throne about Darrow. I wasn't going to tell you this. I wasn't going to trust you. I wasn't going to do this and blah blah blah. While you fought your little war, which by the way, I've been fighting with you this entire time. By the way, hand me the scepter. Hand me the head. I'm taking the throne. Now you're fit enough to be my baby daddy. You're wrong. And see, <laughs> I agree. That, yeah. Because it wasn't. Because it wasn't so. I didn't take that. Yeah, there was the line in there, and I don't know whether it was Daryl thinking it to himself or Mustang telling him that mm-hmm. about how he would have made you. He would have made different decisions had he known he had he had the child, mm. and he wouldn't have. Yes, he, he wouldn't, wouldn't have, have done it. He wouldn't have thrown. He he wouldn't have taken the risks in order to win the war if he knew he had the child. Right, he would have done. That, yes, and I got that. I got that as well. I got that as well. Yeah. But I, I just don't like the way she says it and the way she comes off. As, she never as asks as for the scepter. She never asks for the. But head she takes it because she's <laughs> judging again, him. I remember mean, the yeah. whole plans that don't get explained. I chalk it up to this plan got talked yeah. about. You're going to be in charge. I'll again, do this. Plans the, were there. The, the, they were unsolved. But again, rules. but again, but again, Neil, I would hate that book. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I did a group. One. I did a group like this too. In a group like this, in a society like this, who did she actually trust enough to give her child? To? Yeah, well, oh, she went off. She gave it to the telemanesis. Yeah, I know. She still who she'd grown up with throughout oh, her yeah. whole life. Yeah. She played with Pax. She played with all of that family. They basically grew up next to each other because look at how her dad was. He wasn't the best father. Look at her brother. He wasn't great either. Right. Yeah, but so that family else? was going. That everybody knew that that family was in the rebellion anyway. So that family was going. People were going after that family <laughs> as well. All right. Well, right. They're still going after it, but they say that she hid them with the wife in the asteroid belt or the asteroid fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, based by the way they talk, there's no way really to communicate with anyone in there. Yeah. So I have I'll no issue with the fact that they're hiding there. Right. I'll buy it. I could. I. I. I understand why. Pierce did it. Mm-hmm. I understand. How, however, I will say that okay, I understand. Yeah, it's a happy little wrap up. It's a nice little circle around to him having the whole family again. I would have been okay without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have been okay with mm-hmm. just on the. I would have been okay with just okay. We've taken over the Senate. The Senate is kneeled to us. We're going to rebuild society. Credits. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But I guess that that is what I was expecting, and I got more. No, fair enough. Like yeah. I said, I agree with you, and I yeah, yeah, we, I, we are I choked up. I I choked up throughout the epilogue. Oh, yeah. I did too. Again, I'm bringing out things that about. I'm having issues with, but I was right there with you with the emotion of it. Yes, you know. So mm-hmm. I am hearing your side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Might not be reciprocated okay. <laughs> at all, but oh, I'm God. hearing your side of it, yeah. gentlemen. <laughs> gentlemen, we finished. Our second trilogy. Thank God. Uh, I I won't I won't lie to you. And from this point forward, not only are we not going to do trilogies anymore, <laughs> we are not going to rate books out of five. <laughs> no. um, are we I, not going? Are we starting it here? Uh, or this will be this the last. Will be the out of last five. one. Yeah. Because I mean, let, let's be real with each other. This it's an arbitrary number. It's an arbitrary number, and I I have all kinds of weird, horrible things. 
palpitations I shouldn't have about like, well, what did I rate the last one on? And it shouldn't be heart palpitations. Heart palpitations. Of like, like uh, should I rate it higher or lower than the next one? We're just going to start giving them what? Recommends, not I... recommends, light recommends. We'll talk about that when we get to episode yeah. 13 in February of 2018. 20,000. <laughs> My God. At any rate, hey, yeah. boys, why don't we... Final thoughts. Give our final thoughts on the book slash trilogy. Yeah. Where, where you at? What you feeling? Trilogy. So here we are at another milestone. The end of our second trilogy. Wow, this is kind of big. 12, 12 episodes. 13 counting. Yeah. 14, 14, 14 counting, counting extras. It's probably like 15. I 15. Don't know. It is 15 counting extras. Yeah, three extras. Oh, yeah. Um, at any rate. Um, you're right. Let's give our final thoughts on the book, and for the last time, we will rate it out of five. Yeah. We'll an arbitrary number. Arbitrary number <sighs> that has meaning to some people. It might. And thoughts on the trilogy. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you guys think of the trilogy overall? Maybe mm. first, and then give the book individual? Or I in think a, individual and then go book. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's, let's do that. There. Okay. All right. Individual, then trilogy, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sense. Let's start off. Uh, Neil, were you at, at the end of Morningstar? Even though I differ from the whole table on this, from what I've gathered. You don't know that yet. <laughs> you already told me. <laughs> I was going to say, that would be the I weirdest like thing ever. I already said, but... There were way too many moments where it was convenient for the story, mm. for things to happen. That all these plans that are never talked about always worked out perfect. All these issues were resolved perfectly. Mm -hmm. The only thing really that went wrong for me in this book is all of a sudden Daryl lost a hand. It's the only issue I feel, feel like they ever had. Mm. That being said, though, there are wonderful moments I like. There is the whole scene with all the obsidians back at their home planet and all that fun stuff with Roke, his scene that the guys did a wonderful job at the intro. Terrifying, sad end to a character who I absolutely love. And maybe that's why I tried to defend it so much. <laughs> and it, maybe I was really burned out when I read it and I still have a negative feeling because I tried to push through these way back when Luke first gave them to me. <laughs> and maybe by the end Sorry. it was, mm -hmm. well, I just can't do it. This feels like the worst. And... To me, it still feels like the weakest of the three. It, is there some wonderful moments? Yes. Did it do enough, though, to pass the other two up for me? No. Which is why I still recommend it, though, because I still want people to finish out the trilogy very nicely. So I give it three convenient pinks out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let those, that moment go. That's awesome. <laughs> as a trilogy, I definitely recommend this for as many people as possible, provided right. that this is your thing. With that being said, when the trilogy is done, Iron Gold is out there. And I do like it a lot more than even my favorite book of this trilogy. Really? Wow. I do. Like wow. you said. So you're saying it's is Red Rising your favorite? I'm still saying Golden Sun is Golden my Sun is yes. your favorite. And you think it's better than I Golden Sun? I liked Iron Gold much better, yes. Wow. I mean, that's the thing. As we go around, let's let's, let's rank our favorite yep. of, the, of the tree. Yeah, let's so, do yeah. yeah. And I ranked both Red Rising and Golden Sun both fours. But if I had to pick between those two, I go Golden Sun, Red, Morningstar. Right. But now adding Iron Gold in, Iron Gold is definitely number one right now. And right. like wow. you said earlier that you had Pierce's favorite thing written there was the scene between the two boys drinking watching their old mm. videos their highlight reel if you will my favorite two scenes happened in chapter 12 and 13 in Iron Gold and Daryl's not even in those chapters whoa 
He isn't even there. Wow. Okay. Neither are the other lead characters of it's Daryl. You have a red, a gray, and Lysander. And I'm not going to spoil any more about the other okay. ones because they okay. have some wow. fun. So, cool. Good yeah, to know. That's where I'm putting my bets on. Mm-hmm. And I already know I've disagreed with by most of the table, but Clob, oh. maybe you're my last hope. You're my only hope. <laughs> Obi-Wan Clob Novi. <laughs> Obi Clob Novi. Obi Clob Novi. Sorry, guys. Obi-Wan Klenobi. Hey, kids. <laughs> Your Uncle Clob. Your Uncle Clob here. Nobody listens by this point. Uh, <laughs> we're at the end of this trilogy. And to tell you the truth, I enjoyed this trilogy a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, I had a very hard time with Morningstar getting into it. I had a very hard time getting into the first couple chapters and really after the f- after the end of the first half, the end of book two, I didn't know where things were going to go. So I actually had a little bit of a hard time getting into the second half as well mm-hmm. because I thought I knew where things were going to go and things kept not going there. And I got frustrated with that. That being said, Morningstar, definitely above Golden Sun for me. Definitely above Golden Sun. Red Rising is still my favorite out of the out of the three. Just the introduction to the characters, and it's always you know. And New Hope's my favorite Star Wars movie mm-hmm. as well. It's that introduction to that characters, that first time you're meeting everybody, that first jump into the universe. Mm-hmm. Morningstar summed it up. Morningstar ended well. After Golden Sun, I really didn't know how this was going to end and how these things were going to come to fruition throughout this book. Morningstar, I recommend. The entire trilogy, and I'm going to jump the gun a little bit here, and the entire tri- I'm going to just do the entire trilogy. The entire trilogy, I give a four out of five glasses from Roke Special Reserve. You made me care about a, you made me care about a bad guy. Mm. Usually, uh, usually I want, usually I'm, the, usually I'll get on the, I'll get on the side of a good guy, even if I am not enjoying the story. A good, good guy, I'll get, I will get on board with. You made me care about somebody on the other side. And for that, Pierce, thank you. So yeah, four out of five glasses from Roke Special Reserve. Hmm. For the trilogy. For the trilogy. Yeah, for the book. For the book. Yes, for the book, it's... Uh, and see, I that's my issue with... That's my issue sometimes with trilogies. Hmm. Is I look at the... Is I want to look at the overall story versus just the book. Book, you're probably sitting at about... A three and a half razors with carvings on them. Not <laughs> 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 a dragon's a spring mounting level. <laughs> let it go, boss. I wasn't even here and let it go. Luke, take it away. And take it away, I shall. Um, Morning Star. A third book, the end of a story. Now, mind you, I my perception of this is a bit muddled by the fact that there is a fourth book, mm-hmm. by the fact that there is a fifth and a sixth book. I felt that. I'm not going to lie. I felt that this entire time. Had I read this book and there was not a fourth book, mm-hmm. 
my opinion would greatly differ. Really? If if I had read this, you know, maybe two years ago, I guess I don't even remember what year this came out. If I read this two years ago. 16, yeah. 16. If I, where there are no plans for a fourth book. Mm-hmm. I've been so mad. Kind of. I guess, I don't know. I, I really have a love-hate relationship with a book that will end open-endedly like this. Mm-hmm. Where it's, you know, you can leave it up to your imagination, but at the same time, you know, your characters aren't, your favorite characters aren't dead. Right. Which I feel like... Yes, they are. Okay, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they all are. Which, I mean, like, that that, that really is my struggle here. Um, I like how this wrapped up. How it, it, it... It wrapped up imperfectly in, like, the best sort of way to where... God, Daryl couldn't have done all of this in three books. You know, it's... I had such a good time. I, and it's kind of, you know, what you were saying, Klob, with the introduction of the characters being so good. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There is something about me already knowing these characters, me getting to hang out with these characters at, like, the peak of their... I don't know, at their epic level of their class in D&D. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I, I had such a good time. This is my favorite book out of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Wow. This currently is my favorite book. I don't uh-huh. read a lot of books, mind you. I've, I've, yeah. kind of, I've kind of like assembled the asterisk throughout this um, podcast. And since I've only, you know, maybe read like 12 books... 12, uh, 12 whole books like this. I, I've read a lot of stuff. I, re- I read a lot of technical manuals. Hi, I work in the <laughs> IT field. Um, <laughs> yep. I, I have to... The only thing I can give this is like a 4.99999 just repeating on forever. I can't, uh, I that can't, rounds up to a 5. It can't. Yes, it does. Um, I will prove it to you using math. Okay. Um, 4.98. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um... Nine 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 eight. Uh, <laughs> That's okay with me. I can't. I, I don't. I can't give it a perfect score. A score. I can't give anything a perfect score. You can't give a per- perfect score to anything. I. I cannot recommend. The first book without recommending the entire trilogy. Right. Good point. Yeah. This is not one where. You know, like if the the only I, I, you know I. I feel like I said I wouldn't do this on this podcast, but mm-hmm. if you look at Dragonlance, mm-hmm. if you look at that can, trilogy, we, it is. We can it, do it. And especially with what I'm saying, you know, yeah. I, I haven't read a lot of books, yeah. especially a lot of trilogies. Right. Um, you can't, you can't read Red Rising without finishing this entire trilogy. Yeah. You could read Dragons of Autumn, Twilight. And, and leave then, it there. Yeah, because you're not gonna get much else from them too. I'm so sorry. I, so I I I do. I love Korean. I love. Yeah, and we're returning in the summer. I don't love Tannis. I, I love Raceland. <laughs> Nobody loves Tannis. And anyway, um, you know I we love Lorana around here. Yes. Well, club. <laughs> okay, club doesn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of going off the rails here. I'm sorry. I. <laughs> Man, Pierce Brown. I you know, and even what I what I said when we were talking about Red Rising, I man, I didn't Red Rising made me love to read again. Right. It was that that was my rebirth 
into literature. Morning Star is kind of like the uh, the whipped cream cherry topping <laughs> on all of that. Yeah, I, I can't recommend this trilogy enough. I'm super excited. I have Iron Gold. I have. I tweeted it. I tweeted pictures yeah. of the shipping receipt. I tweeted pictures of when it showed up, and then like I had to like put it on my bookshelf and not look at it because I wasn't done with Morningstar yet. And as soon as I finished Morningstar, I ran downstairs and I opened up Iron Gold and I looked at the first couple pages of it because I knew that I was okay <laughs> to do that. I love this universe. Pierce Brown, I love your work. Bob, where you at, my brother? All right. Well, um, you know I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll keep mine short. Um, yeah, I, I agree. This... Uh, this last book, I, I mean, we've been through this podcast, and we've I, I've I've sent out my quibbles and things that I I didn't love, and I mean that really the only thing that I can knock on this book, uh, besides those kind of little t- tiny quibbles that I had, was I, I well, I'm not a, the biggest fan of of Mustang's justifications by the end of this book, but other other than that, I mean, I'm kind of with. Uh, Kind of maybe the Clob uh, Luke side of the table here, where I do, I do think this is one of the stronger of the two. Uh, there's parts where I think he jumps the shark more in this book, but those are balanced by such highs uh, with Roke's death and the galactic space battles and the settings, um, and even the things that I brought out as being things that I was complaining about really in the reading didn't jump out at me again i mean when we're doing this podcast i'm sitting there with a open computer next to me and every chapter typing down my feelings which Mm -hmm. makes me then think and evaluate everything i'm reading Uh, but in the moment i'm not thinking about half of the things that are a detraction to me you know um it's just uh it's a superb book um and so i i'll give this one i guess if we're still doing ratings i'll give this one a four Continue with the 4.5 um, bloody rib cage corsets. I don't know what else to call them out of five. Um, but as far as the whole trilogy goes, I'm with Club. But uh, as trilogies go, um, I'm with Club. That I'm I'm for Red Rising is my favorite. I but I can see where you're coming from, Luke. That the once you get to know the characters, mm-hmm. uh, how strong the battles and everything and the character moments are. But I do love the middle chapter as well, and I don't think it's necessarily an extremely weak part either of this. This entire saga, I thought, has been incredibly strong. There's usually in a trilogy a, yeah, a stinker. It, uh, there's usually quite the stinker yeah. in a trilogy, <laughs> and there just isn't here. And there's, I, I, you know, I, I really, I probably, I skipped over it a little bit, and I don't remember what I said on the podcast and, like, outside of recordings here. Right. Uh, Golden Sun, the only thing there for, like, I never had a chance to really, like, jump on board of the story before yeah. it would take a twist. Mm-hmm. Like, the second, I, I said that in those other podcasts, like, the moment I know what's going to happen, it changes. Right. And I don't like that. Right. I, I do, I do like being surprised. Yeah, I do like not knowing where it's going, but I, I gotta know at least for a little bit what's going on. Right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. Like the yeah. shifting paradigm. And, got it. <laughs> right, and Par- paradigms are fine. The entire story, no. Right. Well, and exactly, and it's not that I don't like Golden Sun. It's not that I no. mean I, I I believe I gave Golden Sun a three point five as we were going through it, which yeah. you did all of them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I give this. I gave the trilogy <laughs> right back to yes. that. Dragons of Autumn, Twilight. Yes. <laughs> Um, no, beige. no, no, <laughs> no! I gave one. I gave one of the dragons. Of, I, I gave one of the uh, dragon no, lance. I, I, did no, actually, I gave one of the dragon lance a three. No, okay. I did. I will, um, I will say everything's I did, just wonderful. I did go back because I was curious. 
Yes, and he has rated all of the Red Rising trilogy higher than okay. the Dragonlance trilogy. Okay, movies. okay, you did go back and check. Good for you. Wow. And it's not well, that I, I didn't. Was, I was mostly checking on myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I didn't like Golden Sun. It's not right. that I had felt that gold, like you said, Bob, that I yep. felt that Golden Sun was the stinker or anything else. Right. I just wasn't as. I just. I like the action. Right, I, I do too. I, po- Golden Sun had a lot of had a lot of politics and a yeah. lot of political gaming in it, a lot of talking in it, and so I wasn't as into it for that reason as the others. I was still into it, but I wasn't as into right. it as the others. It's it's a necessary heart. I mean, I'll throw out this, and now I'll pl- probably inflame all kinds of fans. But um, Star Wars, which I'm a big fan of, Empire Strikes Back. Go back, watch Empire Strikes Back. I bet you, once they're in the asteroid field and they they're all sitting around and Luke's training on Dagobah, that is the time that you will either pause it or you'll get up and go pee, get something to eat from the fridge. And hey, it, if that statement makes you inflamed, this episode has been brought to you by Preparation Eight. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, there is a part in Empire Strikes what Back, my favorite of the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. that slightly drags, and I get up and go get something from the fridge, you know. Yeah. And so that's not a detraction from uh, Golden to say, hey, you're a bit, a little bit long in the tooth. You need to cut a little bit out of that book. And that was my issue with Golden Sun, is that they just needed to cut just a little bit. It got a little long in places. <laughs> you don't know that. But no, we don't know that. <clears throat> Alright, so that's the end. That's it. Uh, the end. The bloody damn end. The gory damn end. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it, we're kind of saying goodbye to the trilogy format. We kind of felt a little entrapped by it yeah we've already set ourselves up on our calendar that we are going to do in the summer the Dragonlance the next trilogy Legends and then Star Wars um, Timothy Zahn's trilogy but we're going to try after that to as much as we can steer away from trilogies and then even then between then between now and then no trilogies no trilogies no trilogies we're not and we talk so much and we we really get into this so much that I mean a trilogy is six episodes Six episodes, it's like three months of our lives where we are just nonstop eating and breathing. Mm. You know, and, and, and and Pierce, Brown, Pierce Brown, you should pay us money because we have <laughs> we put m- and even, hours and, and hours even, into this. And even when we say we're going to take a month off, we don't actually take a month off. We just no. don't add another book. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we I, I'm enjoying the heck out of this. I, I got to say thank you to everybody who's even taken the moment to listen to half of the episodes we put in. These are these are really long. I mean, we realize over three hours this is a really long episode. But, uh, yeah, we really appreciate our audience is I, with us. It seems to be very strong. They respond. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I the friends, family that are, that are out there, thank you. Um, people who I've never met in my entire life and yeah. have been listening to this. I, Steve Franz, uh, PB Publishing. You know, I was going to say, Steve, you, we, we've never mentioned Steve, and Steve is there. He responds to everything we put out there. God. What a guy. I mean, we, we never say what you say because you, you haven't posted anything with words in them much. Oh, no, he did. He said about ordering yeah. the book, right? That he got yeah. his copy of the book as well. But he Steve, is, he is uh, quite the guy. Justin, I, I mean, I, I know you from high school, but I, I know you're there. You you were right on board with this Red Rising trilogy. You you pre-ordered Iron Gold just like I did. Right. I man, I 
we are nothing without you guys. Yeah, this and, is and all of you and all of you who we don't know by name, but we know you by download. We know the multiples of you that are in Malaysia, the multiples of you that are in Australia, your our Canadian friends, yeah. our your Morocco. Hey, Morocco just came online with a bunch of downloads. I don't know who's listening to us there, but yeah. hello, Morocco. Yes, uh, our European friends, our South American friends. Yeah. Thank you for coming on coming on this journey with us what, and what going the, through all this. And keep it up. Share it with your friends. Yeah, what come talk heck? to us on the Facebook. <laughs> what yeah. the heck even is this life? Like, I, <laughs> like if, if, if I was going to like, dear 16-year-old Luke, this is what's going to happen to you. And people all around the world are going to listen to you talk about science fiction books. I would have like flicked myself off and kicked myself in the nuts. <laughs> first of all, first of all, because I was disrespectful. Second of all, because that is nonsense. That is, and yeah. this is nonsense. I don't thank you guys so much. Right, um, we're right. going to be coming back in a couple of weeks here doing Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick with a new fourth chair, as it turns out. Yeah, so we got a new guy coming on with us for this one. Uh, we're bringing in uh, Ted. Uh, to to, yes. to have this one, the Ted, the the Ted. Yes. Uh, so he really wanted to be on in on this one. There's a lot of really deep concepts on this one, which is is his forte. So if if you don't know what do androids dream of electric sheep is uh, that is the story behind the movie Blade Runner. So if you're a fan of Blade Runner, do not miss the next episode. I'm super stoked because Blade Runner is one of those things. When I was a kid, okay. I'll probably tell this story on the next podcast, but um, Blade Runner is one of those movies I was, you know, you'd, you'd watch all the science fiction movies and you'd grab Blade Runner because it looked cool and eight-year-old me would fall asleep to Blade Runner. Like, I could not get through Blade Runner for the life of me. I'm like, it looks so cool, but so dang boring, right? But mm -hmm. you constantly hear about how this is such a classic, and now, you know, in my college years and stuff going back, uh, just love Blade Runner and that whole kind of, you know, noir, kind mm. of future noir look to well, it. And the amount of writing that Philip K. Dick has done that it still impacts our society and oh they're still um, rebooting, you know, films out of and the stories take Minority the, story take, the stories the take their structure in even new science fiction stories based on what Philip K. Dick was able to do and the stuff that came out of this dude's head. Right. Oh, man. I mean, I'm telling you, if you have never read uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, I'm going to tell you, uh, treat yourself, go do it. It's it's older fic science fiction, uh, but I think it is well worth it. It is, it is not like anything we have read yet uh, for... For Dungeons and Dweebs, we we have let, read stuff that is very entertaining, um, and not that this isn't entertaining, but this is this is kind of your bread and butter meaty science fiction that it that that has something to comment on the human condition. And it has something to say about the human condition. Exactly, and Philip K. Dick is great about. I mean, this his stuff was written in the sixties and seventies. It still matters. It still oh, nuances man. into our lives in, th in 2018 yeah. from a lot of the themes and a lot of the, the spectrum right. that he came up, he came out from. So, yeah. So, we're going to say goodbye to Neil. Bye, Neil. Bye, Neil. <laughs> it's been awesome having you here. Yes, thank uh, you. Yes. Uh, your, uh, your input has been... Uh, and you're coming back. Right, Neil? Neil? <laughs> Since this isn't, they can't see me if I don't talk, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll actually, yes. That is how this works. So it is audio. Perfect. Um, well, uh, yeah, we, we don't know. Assuming. Yeah, we, we are planning out our future calendar. Um, Neil, you're welcome back whenever we review a book that you love. Or, yeah. or whenever you need someone to finish your book on time. 
Uh, <laughs> shots fired. Shots um, across the bow. I was gonna, I was gonna make reference to you know there are some there are some neilophiles out there. <laughs> there are some fans of Neil that listen to the podcast and respond with things about Neil. <laughs> and so if you're if wait, if you're out there, neilophile, please continue yeah, to listen. Not, it's your girlfriend. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> please continue to listen, or at least please continue to download. No, yeah, just, you, you can download and delete. It doesn't matter to us. Actually, I prefer to listen to all of it. I think so too. It, it does matter. It does matter. Please, please listen. Please um, follow us on social media. Uh, and any, hey, um, let's get out of here, guys. Yeah. Hey. So yeah. Do we got to do our obligatory uh, social media throwout? Uh, I yeah. Why don't we? Hey, come talk to us on Facebook. We're Dungeons and Dweebs <laughs> yeah, on Facebook. We are Dungeons and Dweebs at D and Dweebs on the Twitters. Please follow Twitter. We need some more people on Twitter. Come on. The more people we can get on Twitter, the more responses you give, the more responses we give. So by all means, please come talk to us. Join the conversation. I mean, mind you, it's... I don't, it, hi, I, I'm Luke. I'm in charge of the Twitters. Um, I'm really bad at social media. I'm 27 years old. <laughs> I don't social media a lot. Right. Um, and we're, we're, I'll, I'll tell you, we're going to try to spark more of you that kind of conversation yeah. kind of stuff. Um, we got a great response uh, the last time we did this age of a protagonist kind of thing. I think maybe we'll continue this yeah. with young adult stuff. And as we go through Philip K. Dick, anything that comes up from there, mm -hmm. I mean, go to our Facebook page as we start going through these. We're going to start posting things and hopefully get responses. Mm -hmm. Hey, we've been bad about it. We'll get on there and also type things up so that, you know, you can get our feelings offline. I think it's yeah. a great place on Facebook to be for us to interact with you guys a little bit more. And we do still exist. Come and see us at DungeonsAndDweebs.com as well. I won't we lie. We, uh, we bought uh, that that. Domain. Website, that domain name, and it has not been touched since summer. Sorry, guys. Hey, uh, no, Facebook and all those are just so much know, easier to work with. Than they are, actual. and hey, I'm, I'm not going to lie. We are. We Even if you're not hearing from us, we are always planning something. Yeah, yeah, um, right. You know, if you are more into video streams, maybe mm. Dungeons & Dweeps will be in your future. Ooh. But we'll, we'll see where there that goes. A, might be a studio shift happening. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, there might be, but we'll see. We'll see we'll what happens. See. Why don't you yeah. guys stick around on the Facebooks, stick around on the Twitters. Also, we, we are on YouTube as well. If you want to watch uh, me, Bob, and Paul eating eat. hot peppers. Oh, jeez, that hurt. Um, yeah. And we plan on utilizing that a little bit more too. Yes. Again, I won't. I don't think it's an it's a shock to anybody at this point because we've referenced it so many times. We work in the educational field, so hey, uh -huh. summer is the time you'll probably see a glut of new things. <laughs> yeah, because most of you guys have the summer off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Luke does not. No, I don't. <laughs> well, I tell. Hey, guys, I tell you what, it's the Young Bucks last show. I'll buy the last round. Here. All right. Let's so go. Let's pay get, you the money let, I owe you to pay me back. Yes, let's go. Let's get that last round going. Hey, hey, Amathea, you want to get us another round, please, dear? No, mm. no, 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 no. Where's Theodora? I asked for Theodora. I'll take Antonio with her screwed up face. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dungeons and Dweebs. There's even more adventuring to be had at our website, dungeonsanddweebs.com. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at dungeonsanddweebspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find Dungeons and Dweebs on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at dungeonsanddweebs.com. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. The music for Dungeons & Dweebs is Fatal Fight by Royalty Free Kings and can be found at their website, royaltyfreekings.com. Dungeons & Dweebs is a Tim Gilbert media production, copyright 2017, all rights reserved, and no part of the show can be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Tim Gilbert Media. 